Yes, hello, and welcome to 2002 Film Odyssey, Home Video Edition. This is the uh, the second one of these we're doing, the second Home Video Edition. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And uh, so, uh, where are we? We're on January 29th, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. January 29th, it's a Tuesday, a new release Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is still the release date for, the uh, movies. Uh, not really music anymore. Those are Fridays. Well, uh, movies, do movies, movies still come out on Tuesdays? Movies, I guess they do, yeah. Movies still come out on but Tuesdays. But yeah, Fridays, uh, are now music release day. Right. I don't know why they broke them apart like that. Yeah, I don't really know, but I And also, that, like, I feel like that's like a... That's a lot of a lot of a lot of decisions. Like yeah, like it's like there was some sort of like United Nations of mm-hmm. like media releases that, where they like had a meeting and decided yeah. to just stop releasing uh, music on Tuesdays. Yeah, I should probably know why they came to that decision, but it was probably what like five five years ago, maybe four years yeah. ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's strange. But yeah, at this point, movies still came out on Tuesday. And uh, should we talk a little bit about some of the movies that came out that day besides what we're going to talk about? Yeah, what else came out? So, uh, Groundhog Day came out on DVD that day. Okay, that's a good Uh, one. Yeah, Uh, Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Okay, <laughs> that's a movie. Uh-huh. That's a movie directed by a, a person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rat Race came out on DVD that day. Very cool. Um, uh, what do you think Vince Veloff is up to these days? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've seen him in a movie since Rat Race. No. Yeah. I mean, or that I take that back. He was in Grind. Was Grind okay? Grind was after Rat yeah. Race because what was Grind was. Was that 2003? That would have been the summer of 03. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, with Adam Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Green. Yeah. Uh, Vince Vila f- gone, basically, from Hollywood after that, right? I mean, I'm sure... I mean... I'm sure he's been on, like, some TV shows or something like that, but... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, all I can really think of him... Those two things. Yeah. yeah. Rat Race and Groundhog Day. Or, not Groundhog Day. <laughs> grind. Um, and then, uh, let's see what else came out that day. Uh, the Sandlot came out on DVD that day. Okay. I, I, I bought that at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I probably probably did, too. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, a lot of Eddie Murphy movies got released by Paramount, including... Vampire in Brooklyn, which is a Wes Craven film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, which I think came out right after Beverly Hills Cop 3, right? Uh, that, yeah, that was either 94 or 95. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was like basically his next movie after yeah. 3. Yeah. Right, yeah, 95 that came out. Okay. Um, uh, Harlem Nights. Directed by Eddie Murphy. Right. And then, um, yeah, then all three Beverly Beverly Hills cop films. Yep. BHC. Mm-hmm. Which 
is what we're going to be talking about. That's all right. Yeah. We watched them all again. Yeah. Over the last week, we watched all three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them were done by different directors. Yeah. I mean, basically, the, 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 I would say, like, the creative, like, kind of mastermind or whatever behind these is basically Eddie Murphy. Like, yeah. he, you mm-hmm. kind of get the sense that he's the, sort of the auteur yeah. driving them anyway. Um, yeah. I think he, he gave, a, like, an interview, um, like, maybe in the mid-2000s where he kind of uh, uh, didn't have great things to say about the third one. Like, I think he yep. felt that he was kind of phoning that one in. Yeah, he, yeah, he, there's a few sort of interviews and stuff with him on record, and yeah, I think he was on a, a talk show and mm-hmm. said it was bad, uh, yeah. like Conan, maybe, or uh, Colbert or something, but, um... Or, like, um, inside the actor's studio. Oh, did he do one I of those? I think he did one of James those. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't think it's very good, um, I... I guess we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves, but, like, (laughs) 3, even though it's by far the worst of these movies, Mm -hmm. is, I think, like, the most interesting one to actually talk about, just because (laughs) it seems like kind of a weird uh, weird production, because, uh, like, he got Landis, like, to come back, Uh and they, they had a weird relationship, Eddie Murphy and Landis, because... Uh, obviously they made trading places together in like what, 83, I think that came out and then, and then coming to America. Yeah. And coming to America was after Landis had the twilight zone thing where Mm -hmm. his negligence led to the death of Vic Morrow and two kids, um, two child actors that should not have been on set. Mm -hmm. Um, and John Landis had, had his trial he John Landis had a, at the time pretty public uh trial for manslaughter um and Eddie Murphy didn't come to support John Landis like in court mm-hmm. and John Landis like took it very personally right. uh he basically i don't know he John Landis John Landis is kind of a prick. If you if you read more into all of this, it's very apparent that John Landis is a piece of shit. And and Eddie Eddie's not a a great guy either, at least in this period, but like uh Landis looks like a real clown. But anyway, he he gives Landis like kind of a, a boon by offering him coming to America in eighty eight. And then they had another falling out because I don't know, Eddie Eddie kind of shit talks Landis in like this Playboy interview from nineteen ninety that I read. Oh, okay. Uh and I don't know how Landis come ends up how they end up like patching things up again mm-hmm. uh to do Beverly Hills Cop three. And then after Beverly Hills Cop three, basically everyone has their own like version of why it's not good. Like Yeah. Uh, Eddie Eddie said that he like wanted the character to be closer to like a Wesley Snipes character, and he imagined Axel being a little more grown up, yeah, like more mature, more and, mature, yeah, yeah. And Bronson Pinchot, who plays Serge, mm-hmm. uh, which is an awful character <laughs> in these movies, uh, 
said that Eddie was very depressed because he had, had kind of a string of box office disappointments mm-hmm. um, leading up to Beverly Hills Cop 3. And then Landis said that Eddie was, like, sabotaging the production by not being as funny. Yeah, I did read that where he was, yeah. like, he, uh, yeah, he wasn't very, uh, he wasn't very funny in the movie. It's typical Landis kind of, I think, to to try and blame someone else mm-hmm. specifically yeah. uh, for why the movie's bad. Like, yeah, obviously it's bad, <laughs> but you you still made it, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he said, like, uh, like, he'd read the script, and he was like, well, the script sucks, but at least, you know, we got Eddie Murphy, and he'll make it funny. Right, and I mean, that's, that's putting a lot of, uh, like, don't get me wrong, Eddie Murphy at his funniest is very funny when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. But like that's putting a little too much faith in one man's ability to make a bad script interesting. Yeah. A pretty bad script. Pretty bad script. Yeah. 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 Um well what uh I know my answer to this question, but what was the first Beverly Hills cop movie you saw? Um did you see him in order or out of order? I I don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised if the first I saw was three. Three was definitely the first one that yeah. I saw. Yeah. Well, I mean that makes sense because we would have been like seven, seven-ish yeah. years old when those came or when the third one came out, and it also just kind of it has a a, a little more of a kid appeal. I feel like because it's set like At in a the theme park. park. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I think I had, uh, might have been the Tommy Boy VHS that had the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop on it, or Beverly Hills Cop 3, and I was like, well, I should see this movie. This looks fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, yeah, I rented it from my local, uh, Lucky's video store. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, had a, had a pretty good time with it when I was eight years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the... The uh, alien invasion ride mm-hmm. sequence always stuck in my brain, which because that's <laughs> that's like filmed at the yeah. Universal Studios yeah, backlot tour, backlot tour, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, so I just remember like going on that ride uh, tour, I guess, uh, and remembering it from Beverly Hills Cop yeah. Three. Yeah, because that's like the big part of the big showdown at the end where they mm-hmm. they have a shootout on that ride. Yeah, that yeah. movie Beverly Hills Cop Three sucks. It's so bad. <laughs> it it does. It is actually the one I've probably seen the most for some reason. But. Yeah. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You and I were talking about this the other day, but I guess we can talk about it now. But it, there's a weird kid phenomenon uh-huh. of liking the worst movie yeah. in, like, a franchise. Yeah. It could have just been when it came out, that we were eight mm-hmm. when <laughs> that movie came yeah. out. Yeah. But I also think about, okay, when I was a kid, I used to religiously watch Big Top Pee-wee, mm-hmm. the sequel to, <laughs> to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yeah. which nobody really even remembers, <laughs> let alone likes. Yeah. Uh, and then I also loved Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm sure there's other... Oh, um, Temple of Doom was yeah. my favorite Indiana Jones movie. There, I don't know. It's like, like as a child, I was just like a 
like a moth to the flame, yeah. you know, for like the worst movie in a franchise. Right. It's a weird thing. And I've talked to other people that, you know, also when they were kids liked seemingly whatever the worst one is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the worst ones are the ones that have more kid appeal. And yeah. that's why they're the worst ones. Yeah. Uh, what about Back to the Future Part 3? Yeah, I loved Back to the Future Part 3 also. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that one a lot when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I, I think that might have been the one I watched the most. Maybe two. Yeah. I definitely... It was not the first one. Yeah. That was definitely not the one I watched them at all, really. Yeah, they they did show the first one a lot on, like, the WB, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I watched the third one a a few times when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have very vivid memories of watching um, the like scene at the drive-in. Yeah, at the beginning uh-huh. of Back to the Future Three, like on VHS tape. Right. Along with the like opening credits, like in the rain in that mansion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. As much as I wish we were talking about the Back to the Future <laughs> franchise. Um, well, well, you know what? Uh, those might have come out on DVD in 2002. That, uh, that blue, uh... Did that come out then? Yeah, the, I, you know, I'm not positive, because I'm, I haven't looked it up, but I think it did come out maybe that December. Well, if that's true, that's exciting, because, I mean, eventually we can get there. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, it came with a, a keychain, remember? With the yeah. DeLorean on it? Mm-hmm. Which I still have. Really? Yeah, it's in my garage. I know right where it is. December 17th, mm-hmm. 2002. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to talk about them. All right, I'm excited. I love Back to the Future 1. It's got some problems, like, <laughs> um, which, whatever, we'll get into that. But yeah. it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, and then 2's good. I... I I don't I don't know. Some people say that two's their favorite. I don't really see that. But, no, it, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, and then three is three something. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not like unfun, but it's a weird movie for sure. Yeah. Got the ZZ Top cameo in there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I. I guess I'd watch three nowadays, but. I wouldn't be, like, super excited to watch it. I mean, I own it. I own... I bought the set when yeah. it came out on 4K. Yeah. Last year, I think. And, um... Yeah, I haven't even cracked open 3 yet. Uh, it's not a... It's not a movie I revisit all that often. But it does have its fans. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it all stems from, like, Zemeckis and Bob Gale, like, really wanting to make a... Western, Western, yeah, that they never could. So right. they just did it in the Back to the Future. Yeah, I was listening to something, and they were talking. I think one of the ideas for Back to the Future Three was like knights, <laughs> ah, <laughs> <laughs> which that sounds very similar. I to feel like, like I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you look at some of the alternate ideas for Beverly Hills Cop? I, I definitely did. I yeah. had that uh, in as one of my talking points. Those sound way better yeah. than what we got. Yeah, because uh, especially because they had Taggart, who, uh, yeah. John Ashton, who's not in the movie, but right. he's in the first two. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they sound pretty, pretty, uh, That sounds like a movie I would want 
to see. Yeah, and like a bunch of them uh, like take place in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give give me that <laughs> Axel Foley in London. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can just imagine him like dealing with stuffy British cops yeah. and like the Royal Guard, and you know there's going to yeah. be a scene where he messes with the Royal Guard, like standing in the palace yeah. in front of the palace, like. And I'm sure you read that there were two versions where he teams up with a Scotland Yard mm-hmm. cop. Uh, one played by John Cleese. Yeah. yeah. And the other... Uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Sir Sean. Yeah. Uh, that... I, please. I, I wish someone should invent a time machine to go back and yeah. make that movie. Um which, that would have been interesting because Con- Sean Connery did um, that movie with Wesley Snipes, Rising Sun. Yeah. Which is, like, obviously more serious. And it's funny because that's, like, what Eddie Murphy, like, considered himself. Like yeah, he, he kind of wanted to be a... He wanted to be a legitimate, just an action star yeah. by three. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting that... That he viewed himself as being like Wesley Snipes, and then Connery ended up doing the movie with Wesley Snipes. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess since we're talking about this, you might as well talk about how um, the, uh, I guess, the development and the pre-production for Beverly Hills Cop 3, like, apparently took, like, a really long time. Like, it was really slow, uh, because there was, like, a lot of script problems and so many different versions, Mm. Uh, and I think... Paramount was having trouble figuring out what the budget should be. And I think that's why uh, John Ashton and um, uh, Ronnie Cox dropped out. Because it was just taking too long and they had to do work, work on other stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's why we didn't get Ronnie Cox or... That sucks, yeah, because they're yeah. two of the linchpins in the franchise for me. Yeah. Because they're, they're both, you know, two good character actors from right. that era. Um, yeah. And uh, John Ashton ended up going on to do Little Big League the same year as this. Yeah. And that's that was like a childhood classic for right. me, I think both of us. Yeah. Uh, I think it, when I was a kid, I preferred uh, Rookie of the Year to uh, Little Big League, but... Okay. But now I think uh, I'm more of a Little Big League guy. Well, that's good. I always preferred Little Big League because I was a Twins fan. Uh-huh. Um, like, my dad's from Minnesota, so I like the Minnesota sports teams. So it was cool that it was a movie about the Minnesota Twins, which felt like a, a strange thing because they're not, like, a big team. Yeah. Um, they'd won a World Series a few years before that, but... You know, yeah, they're they're not like, you know, when people think of baseball, they think of basically the coasts. I feel like right, yeah. Little Big League, if if you don't know, is a movie about a a twelve year old who inherits yeah, the Minnesota like Twins. <laughs> yeah, his his grandfather is Jason Robards, and his his grandfather is the owner of the Minnesota Twins, and he leaves him the franchise when he dies. Yeah. And then yeah. I jinx and Sue. Right. And uh, it's a fun fun kids baseball yeah. movie. Yeah. And then John Ashton plays the uh uh the, the pitching coach. Pitching coach, that's yeah. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mac. Mac, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, John Ashton, if you don't know, I guess because we've been talking about him, is Taggart. Yeah, he's in Taggart. The first in, two movies. Yeah, Taggart in the first two Beverly Hills Cop movies, and then. Uh, I remember, like, when we, uh, you and I saw, uh, Gone Baby Gone in theaters, mm-hmm. and he showed up in that, and I yep. think we were both like, oh, hey, it's Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Mac's yeah. still, yeah. uh, because <laughs> uh, we hadn't seen him in a long time, I'm, you know, we were glad that he was still with us. Yeah. I mean, he's still alive. He yeah. still acts. He's got a pretty sad recent resume. If you look on his uh-huh. IMDb, it's not great. But, uh, I mean, which kind of, I mean, that just, that's, I, I don't really consider that a fault of his. I don't think he's, like, picking purposely awful-looking yeah. uh, straight-to-video projects. Yeah. But just kind of, you know, Hollywood in general. Right. Doesn't want anything to do with, with old Mac, it appears. Yeah. But at least he's got a couple classic characters under his belt. Mac, <laughs> Mac and Taggart. Mac and Taggart. Yeah. And I did find this out uh, at, while I was watching Beverly Hills Cop 2 mm-hmm. uh, that John Ashton had his own TV show for yeah. like 18 episodes. I told you about this the uh-huh. other day. It was called Hardball. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be confused with uh, the t- the other TV show Hardball, yeah. which was like a baseball show with Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, it was Free like news radio. It, Joe, Rogan. it was like kind of like a like a sitcom version of Major League, sort of. Yeah, right. With, yeah, Joe Rogan and uh, <laughs> Bruce Greenwood, right? Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, yes. he was like yes. the star. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then also not to be confused with. The, the Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves movie, yeah. Hardball, yeah. right? <laughs> Which is also a baseball thing, yeah. Uh, or uh, the Chris Matthews show, <laughs> <laughs> former MSNBC show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, nothing to do with any of those. But yeah, it was a John Ashton cop show. Yeah, I don't know what channel it was on. But that sounds awesome. <laughs> was it like it actually was on TV? It wasn't I mean, it just, says there's 18 oh, okay. episodes. Oh wow! Yeah. So, I thought maybe it was just like a pilot that I, you know, that never ended up it was just getting on IMDb. Right, right, right. No, um, yeah. I mean, it has a bunch of episodes listed. Um, I don't know how you could even track it down. Maybe it's on YouTube or something now. But uh, apparently, yeah. uh, it exists, and that sounds cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> John Ashton Cop e- Show email uh, Shout Factory. And yeah. Ask him to put out Hardball. Yeah, it was on from 1989 to 1990, 18 episodes. Um, so it was after two. Yeah, but after Beverly Hills Cop 2. Four would have kind of finally come to fruition. Before three would have. Or three, yeah. yes. <laughs> not four. Sorry, four, yeah. four still has not. That's <laughs> not, not been yeah. made. But but check out there's some players on this show. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know if they're just on episodes or what, but besides John Ashton who plays uh Charlie Battles, <laughs> veteran cop. <laughs> That's so cool. Charlie Battles. <laughs> well, listen to his partner, his team who's a hot shot by the way. His uh-huh. partner, partner's a hot shot. Uh Kaz it's a Polish last name. Okay. Kazarowski? Something, I, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's played by Richard Tyson, the villain from 
uh, Kindergarten Cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a funny Richard Tyson story. I don't know if I should say it on mic, but... Well, it's up to you. We can <laughs> either either cut it or you could just tell me after uh, we're done recording. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I guess I can say this, but apparently, I know someone who like shot a like a straight to video movie with Richard Tyson. Like uh-huh. work, they worked on it, yeah. And apparently, he just used to like rip these nasty farts <laughs> and pretend that. They didn't happen yeah. <laughs> on set. Yeah. I mean, this was like Richard Tyson like six years ago. This isn't, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like, this isn't Richard Tyson yeah. in like the 90s or anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess you don't, yeah, you don't want to, you know, reveal your source. You don't want well, Richard I don't Tyson really, to. I don't really out. talk to the person that told me that okay. anymore. But uh, I, I just always thought that was like really funny that Richard Tyson apparently just would. Just, rip big old farts on set and, like, play them off like nothing happened. Uh, well, anyway, besides Richard Tyson, uh, MC Gainey's also on that show. Man. The man. Playing Moose Dobson. <laughs> it sounds like I should probably, like, find this show. It, it and... sounds like something you would, you would like, own on <laughs> some bootleg DVD source that you found on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that... Just that alone, that MC Ganey plays a character named Moose Dobson, uh, <laughs> is, I think, a big selling point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it sounds like something worth watching, I think. Yeah. Or at least one episode of it. Um, it's, yeah, 18 episodes, a full season, basically. Man. Pretty cool. So, so that's what John Ashton was doing after Beverly Hills Cop 2. After 2, yeah. So I guess when... When three was kind of languishing in production hell yeah, he for was a number of years, probably doing that, and then Little Big League would have come around, right? I guess yeah. he might have he might have signed on to do Little Big League because it was a guaranteed job, as opposed yeah. to whatever was going on with this, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Based on what some of those early uh, scripts sounded like, it sounded like they could have been potentially really bad. Yeah. No, they could have, but uh, yeah. I would have liked to have seen them. <laughs> uh, I think it would have been at least a more interesting failure than this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we should start with the first one. Right? Yeah, let, yeah. Let's back it up a little bit. Um, so the the first Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984. Yep. We we were not born yet. We were not no. alive at this point. No. Uh, when did you first see the first Beverly Hills Cop? Um, probably like on TV. Like yeah, maybe like ninety six, ninety seven ish. I probably would have been around ten, maybe eleven. Yeah, I I'm the same. I think I saw just like TV edits, mm. uh, just yeah, like on TV, like in the nineties, mid nineties. But I don't think I—I I actually don't think I saw the the full, you know, R-rated version until the DVD came out when yeah. we were in high school. Right. Uh, yeah, I—I I don't remember when I would have first seen the actual like R-rated cut. Um, I do remember, kind of, even until rewatching it this time. Maybe maybe not as much, but like, I remember thinking that 
the Bronson Pinchot character, Serge, mm-hmm. was, like, a much bigger part of these movies than he actually is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just in my kid brain because yeah. he's such a big, flamboyant, like, right. character. Yeah. I remember thinking that he was, like, a big part of the movie. Yeah. And he's not really. Like, no. Like, two scenes in both movies. Yeah. Uh, he's not in number two. Right. He's He's got, like, two scenes in one and three. Yeah. Because um, I think his character in the first one was such a fan favorite that uh, I think that kind of helped him get his show, right? Perfect, Perfect. Strangers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His uh, foreign man character. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, Sur- <laughs> this Surge character is bad. <laughs> Um, he's not a, he's not a super funny character, but I do, uh, I think that's a pretty decent scene in the first Beverly Hills Cop. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Eddie Murphy's funny in that scene. Yeah. Wait, I, I like when Eddie Murphy just says, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yeah. That made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Eddie's not like unfunny in these movies. You can see. Like, when he gets to kind of just do his thing, yeah. he's pretty funny, usually, because yeah. it feels a little, like, more off the cuff. Right. Uh, yeah, there, there's some there's some funny scenes in the first one. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what I really like about the first one is that it seems, it's, like, more of a cop movie to me, like, more of an action movie than, like, a like a comedy. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, a cop movie with, like, comedic beats. Yeah. 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 Um, like, it's a little more modest than the second one, or, and definitely the third one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what the third movie is. <laughs> the third movie, Eddie is, like, doing a more serious version of Axel, but the rest of the movie is so far the other direction <laughs> that it feels like yeah. such a weird mix. And then two is definitely, like, everyone's high on cocaine. Sure. And they're doing, like, a, yeah. a big, bigger comedy right. version. Uh, I think, maybe I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, but one of the big differences, I think, between um, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and Beverly Hills Cop 2 is they uh, they really amped up the... Um, the Like, so there's the scene in the first one where uh, Axel... Uh, poses as the uh, the customs investigator at the warehouse yeah. to inspect the crates, and he has to kind of con his way into that situation. There's a lot of those scenes in the That scene <laughs> gets replicated, basically. <laughs> <laughs> There's like ten different versions of that scene in the second one. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons I don't really love the second one as much as the first one. Is There's just yeah. maybe a few too many of those scenes where he has to kind of like talk his way into somewhere he yeah. doesn't, doesn't belong. I hear that, but I also enjoy that stuff in he, these movies. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It just kind of feels like Eddie loose, kind of loose and yeah. doing his thing. So, like, it, it works. It works even if it, it is derivative of itself. Yeah. yeah. But I think the best one of those scenes is the Original. the warehouse, the yeah. customs agent yeah. scene. Yeah. Um. But, uh, not so much the scene where he's, uh, uh, kind of conning his way into the men's club in the first one where he has to... That's pretty rough. That's kind of a a rough watch. The first movie has the most homophobia of any of the three. Yeah, definitely some wrong-headed, um... Yeah. uh, Representations. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously the Surge character is, like, meant to be effeminate. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of teetering on offensive. Yeah, yeah, and he's, like, he's just a French guy, and he's also, yeah. He's, is, he, is he French, or is it just some nondescript... Uh, I always assumed French. Yeah, I guess I so, know. yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah I mean, they don't really say. Yeah. Uh, I did watch, uh, I think, the third one with the subtitles on. Mm-hmm. And for the, the Serge scene, it just says, bizarre accent <laughs> every time he talks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. His character, like I said, I think teetering on offensive. Yeah. But um, how'd you feel about the Damon Wayne's scene from the first one? Uh, it was something. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, not great. No, that scene. No. But, no. Do you also notice the Chris Rock scene in two? Yeah, he's the uh, the valet at yeah at uh, the Playboy the mansion. Playboy Mansion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah. So that scene is kind of an encapsulation of two because yeah, it's like everything's bigger, <laughs> a little more ridiculous. It's, it's definitely it's like the more is more approach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, because he's all of a sudden he's at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, and Hugh Hefner's there too. Yeah, like, Hugh Hefner has a cameo. Like watching that scene, I was like, okay, this is where we're at. This is definitely not as good. <laughs> well, I will say, yeah, my my hot Beverly Hills Cop take is uh-huh. that I had more fun with two than I did with one. Yeah, you said that. Um... I don't know. It's something about it. Just it was so ridiculous. Like I think one's a better movie, mm-hmm. but uh, it just it feels like such a solid '80s movie. <laughs> like this weird thing and vibe that couldn't exist yeah. anymore. Um, but is like the time camp time capsule or something yeah. of you know 1987, mm-hmm. uh, and then. I just love the Tony Scott look. Like, yeah, it's it's more stylish looking than the first movie. Yeah. I would say by a, a good amount. Like, I really noticed like the cinematography. Like when he's in Inspector Todd's office, and it looks yeah. almost like like this eighties film noir look. Like uh-huh. it's very shadowy, and yeah, and the first movie doesn't really look like that. It it looks fine, but yeah. it you know it just looks like an eighties movie, and then. The Landis one, the '94 one, looks like shit. It looks <laughs> yeah. like a sitcom. Yeah, um, uh, y- yeah. I think that the first one just kind of visually looks more like maybe kind of like a a '70s kind of like gritty cop mm-hmm. movie, and then yeah. the Beverly Hills Cop two. I think that's where we're kind of getting into more like very. Uh, uh, like, kind of that music video look, sort of. Right, yeah. Not it's, in a bad way, but... It's a little... I mean, it's almost, like, Michael Mann looking, like... A little, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. almost looks a little, like, Thief. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just more stylish. Uh, yeah. It's... And then, I don't know, like, the, like, 
Bob Seger song at the beginning of it. Uh, Shakedown. Shake <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which uh, got uh, some awards attention, I, which I had no idea. I, oh, had, really? I looked that up and yeah. I think it got nominated for a Golden Globe and maybe won. I'm not sure. And it's just a fun package. It's a, and, and again, like I said, the whole movie feels like everyone's on coke like mm-hmm. making it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's probably true. Um, yeah. I don't know. Something about it's just kind of like such a fun, breezy watch. And maybe it's partially because I had already written it off in my brain. Like, oh, obviously this isn't going to be as good as the first movie. Right. But, yeah. I I don't think it's as good as the first one. But uh, it's like a, I don't know, it's kind of like a a funny Lethal Weapon movie, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it... Yeah, it's a little it's a little closer in tone to the the nineties buddy cop variants yeah. than the eighties ones. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe it was part of what set them moving in that direction. Right. Yeah, so the the first one was directed by Martin Brest. Marty Brest. Yeah, Marty Brest who uh had done Weird Career. Yeah, very weird. I guess we'll get into uh, it. So Marty Brest had uh Done the uh, the George Burns movie Going in Style, b- yeah. Before, uh, not a movie I've seen. No, I haven't seen it. That's <laughs> uh, like three old guys robbing a bank, right? Isn't that what that's about? Is that um? Is that did that get remade into that Zach Braff movie with uh, with Alan Arkin? <laughs> Does that and, have anything to do with that? Is that movie not called Going in Style? The oh what? yeah, you're right. I didn't realize that was a remake. Yeah, you're right. It totally is. I had, I didn't realize they were related because I haven't seen either. Um, yeah, I I didn't uh, I didn't never put two and two together. But yeah, it's Alan Arkin and Morgan Freeman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in the remake, with, in the remake yeah. with Zach Braff, yeah, yeah, directed and by Zach Michael Caine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Dillon's in that movie too. Yeah, I no way I'd ever see that movie. So I don't know what the deal is with this, but the same guy has a story credit. I don't, I can't, and has no other credits in Hollywood mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> His name's Edward Cannon, and okay. he's credited with the story for Going in Style '79, and based on the story by uh, for. Going in style 2017. Oh, okay. So I don't know who that guy is. There's no <laughs> info about him. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe it's a pseudonym. It could be a pseudonym yeah. for Marty Bress, but Marty Bress has the screenplay credit for the first movie. Uh, well, then maybe it is a pseudonym. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but it uh, could be. Uh, I guess I'll they've hope. only got one credit. I guess I'll have to look into this more, yeah. but, uh, yeah, so that was what Marty Brest did before this. He did, like, right. some student films, it looks like, and okay. stuff that have yeah. IMDb listings, but yeah, no one's really seen. Um, so then, then he did Beverly Hills Cop in 84, Yeah, and then uh, he would have directed Midnight Run a few years later in 88. Yeah. Yeah. And then, after that, it's like he... Decided, oh, I don't want to be the action comedy guy. Right. I'm going to make Scent of a Woman. Yeah. Uh, which is, of course, 
Pacino's first Oscar win? Was that his first? Or is it? Um, that's a great question. I guess it. I think it might be his only. Yeah, you're right. I think it might be. Which is weird. Because that, that feels like. Uh, yeah, it's his only. He's been nominated a bunch of times, obviously, but uh, his only win is for Scent of a Woman. Hmm. And that's like. That's the modern Pacino, like, impression, the hoo-ahs right. from that movie, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A movie I've never seen in its entirety. Nah, I have no I've interest, seen, really. I've seen some of it. Yeah. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that, right? Is he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Bradley Whitford. Uh, the, one of my fa- all-time favorite character actors, like, mm-hmm. top three, James Redhorn's in that movie. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Great, great character actor. Yeah. Uh, Todd Luiso from from <laughs> The Rock and High Fidelity in that movie. Yeah. And also the director of uh, Love Liza, Love which Liza. is a movie we'll eventually talk about on Yeah, here. that's a 2002 film. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody really likes that movie like all that much, right? Like, I don't think it has, like, a ton of fans. What movie is this? Scent of a Woman, sorry. Um... Uh, I don't know. I maybe I I don't really talk to anybody that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, I guess what I mean is I've it's, never talked to anybody that's like, oh, sent to a woman. That's a classic, right? Um, I think it's like most, or it's like it's most enduring legacy is the Pacino yeah. like hoo yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen the whole thing straight through. My impression of it is just that it's kind of like an Oscar bait. Yeah. Kind of a thing. It's kind of what it seems. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's what Marty Brest did uh, in the 90s. Or no. No, eight, he did eight, one more. Yeah. And it's a total disaster of a movie. Uh, well, what year are we talking? 1998. Oh, of course I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's uh, Micho Black, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Very long movie. <laughs> <laughs> Insanely long. It has Brad Pitt speaking in Jamaican patois. Yeah. Uh, and then it, of course, has that car that car accident scene mm-hmm. where he bounces between cars like a pinball. Yeah. Uh, which, that scene goes viral on the internet, <laughs> like, every six months. Uh, someone new discovers it, and then everyone laughs at it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing about it right now. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. it's. <laughs> I watch it every few months. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, and then after Meet Joe Black, um, that only leaves one movie, right? Which And is, it is... It's funny that, like, Meet Joe Black is such a, like, terrible movie and, uh-huh. like, n- notable failure. Yeah. Um, but... But this is like his, this. This is like the punch one of the punchline movies of the two yeah, thousands. Yeah, this next movie is considered like one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah, and I don't. Even, it's probably not even that I, bad. I, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I saw it in uh, theaters, it? and okay. I didn't. I mean, it was bad, obviously, but I didn't think it was that bad. Um, we should probably say what it is. We're talking about. Geely, Geely, of course, right? Uh, which I guess notable because. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are together again. Yeah. But this was the first time they were together. Yeah. Uh, when they made this movie. Right. 
yeah, Geely, he wrote and directed that movie and then hasn't worked in Hollywood since. Yeah. He's just done. Yeah. Hasn't done anything. He has a couple, like, uh, thank you credits, I think, on a few things. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he hasn't even produced, uh, hasn't acted. Oh yeah, he has a thanks, a special thanks credit on Gone Baby Gone with John Ashton, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Yeah. And then, uh, that really shitty looking Josh Trank Al Capone movie with, uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. From like last year. Yeah. Which I didn't see. No, I didn't see it either. I wouldn't be opposed, but... Man, Josh Trank yeah. sucks. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I do like Chronicle. Yeah, Chronicle's good, but I have no interest in even though a, Josh Trank. Uh, uh, even though Alandis was involved. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Written by... Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't really watched Chronicle in a very long time, <laughs> so it's probably not a movie I'm going to like revisit often. But, yeah, that is a stain on it for sure. Yeah. The Landis family, just both of them, suck ass for multiple reasons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's Marty Brest's career. Yeah, so yeah, that's where we left off. That's, uh, Geely was the last thing that Marty Brest did. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I really... Uh, enjoyed watching the first Beverly Hills Cop the last time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I really liked the, the relationship between, uh, Axel and Taggart and Rosewood. Yeah. The, I like the triple dynamic. Yeah. For sure. It's fun. Cause you have, you've got Axel as kind of a wild card. Rosewood's uh-huh. kind of, green seeming yeah almost like a rookie and then mm-hmm. taggart's like the by the books veteran yeah cop, the yeah. Old, yeah salty uh vet mm-hmm. yeah uh and i think on paper like a three-way buddy cop movie might seem kind of weird like mm-hmm. it may not work but for some reason it like i think it really works well in this movie yeah i mean it's it's not shocking to me that the third movie is so much worse and it's uh-huh. also the one that undoes the main dynamic between the three characters. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like, well, obviously it's going to be bad because one of the things that was that works about uh-huh. both of the first two, you just completely get rid of. Mm-hmm. And you try and replace with Hector Elizondo. <laughs> yeah. Unsuccessfully. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a whole lot against Hector Elizondo, I guess, but he's... <laughs> Fuck Hector Elizondo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... uh yeah, he, he's not great in the third. Beverly well, it's Hills such Cop. a weird character because yeah. he feels so like like who is this guy? And yeah. all of a sudden, he's like Axel's like point of contact yeah. for most of the movie. So, like, from what I read about the third one and the you know the kind of changes in the script, it sounds like that was supposed to be Taggart. Like, yeah, 
what's his character name? Like John Flynn or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and even the first time you meet Hector Elizondo's character, John Flynn, uh-huh. he says like Taggart's told me a lot of stories about you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's just like shut up. I know what you're doing. Like, yeah. I know what you're trying to do to us, the audience. But, yeah, like, it's I, stupid. Right. So I think that character was basically supposed to be Taggart, but. Ashton couldn't come back, so they just kind of wrote off Taggart with, like, one line of dialogue, Mm -hmm. uh, which was that he moved to Arizona. Is that what they said? Uh, I don't know. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I think uh, Rosewood was like, yeah, he retired and went to Arizona. Okay. Or or maybe Hector Elizondo said that. I don't know. But Yeah, it, Hector Elizondo's character is just bizarrely important <laughs> for a guy that has just, no place. Just strolled in, in to franchise. this franchise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, why do we care so much about John Flynn? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if his name's John Flynn. Uh, uh, well, but it's something like that. John yeah. Flint? John Flint? Uh, let's see... But, yeah, it's like we're supposed to, uh, like, know his, like, personality uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) traits. Well, yeah, and he he seems, like, kind of a proxy for Taggart, but he's also, like, he's, like, really good friends with Ellis DeWald, who's the bad guy. Yeah, he's good friends with the the villain, but he doesn't know he's the villain. Right, he doesn't know he's the villain. But he also keeps sucking up to him, and, like, yeah. he's like, hey, we still have him for golf sure. in that one scene. Yeah. I think one thing that we should maybe note about the the Beverly Hills cop franchise is that uh, they all have kind of the basic, like, the same basic formula in regards to the villain. Like, the villain is always, like, they, they have a cover, uh, and nobody knows that they're that they're actually criminals at first yeah on the surface right uh like like in the first one victor maitland they're like oh he's you know a well-respected art dealer axel mm-hmm. you shouldn't mess with him right yeah yeah i mean these movies are super formulaic they all yeah they all have the exact same well, template <laughs> i mean they all like not only that but like they all have a a very far-fetched premise to do more than once, which is yes. <laughs> Detroit cop all of a sudden needs to leave and stop what he's doing in Detroit to yeah. go to Beverly Hills, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> which happens three times. Yeah, it's like something leads this Detroit cop to Beverly Hills. Usually, uh, uh, a friend's death or uh, them like. Like, the first one was his friend gets killed. The second one... The second one, it's more defensible because Ronnie Cox is hurt. Yeah. Which, even though it's weird that he cares so much, they set up by saying that they, like, have vacationed together and stuff, right? Yeah, between between Beverly Hills Cop 1 and Beverly Hills Cop 2, they've all become great friends, and yes. they go on fishing trips. Okay, yeah. And so, that seems stupid, but <laughs> it's at least something they explain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you would think with 3, they would have just moved him 
yeah. to Beverly Hills. Like, Instead of just, like, coming up with yet another reason for <laughs> yeah, him to... Right. Yeah. Oh, he transferred to Beverly Hills. That, yeah. would, that would be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. He's been there, has friends <laughs> there, and wants to be there. Yeah. But... Nope, somebody's got to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if, if they had transferred him to Beverly Hills, we wouldn't have gotten great scenes of him uh, interacting with the, uh, like, parking uh, attendant machine... Where oh, right. it's like speaking in other yeah. languages and he doesn't yeah. know what to do. For and Farsi, press three. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, oh my god, it's so funny that mm-hmm. this this machine can speak Spanish or whatever. That's like the joke. <laughs> it's such a lazy joke. Yeah. Uh, and then he just leaves his car there. Right. He just walks inside. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they all have the same basic yeah. formula. Yeah. 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 So in the the first one, his his friend, uh, his like childhood buddy, um, uh, it's established that uh, he sees like his friend who he hasn't seen in a very long time. Um, what's what's his character name? J- Jimmy. Uh yeah, I think it's Jimmy. Yeah, the um, that guy. That guy's been in stuff. Yeah, I can't um, think of anything off the top of my head that he's been in, but... Mikey. Mikey, yeah. yeah Mikey. Um, he was in Django Unchained. Uh-huh. It was kind of the most notable thing when I was looking at his... I don't know, he's a guy. Yeah. He's in some stuff. Nothing, nothing crazy, like, you know, no huge roles, but, like, yeah, he pops up in yeah. things from time to time. James Russo is the actor. James Russo, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like a childhood buddy of Axel's and also kind of like an ex-con and like small-time criminal. And he'd uh, made his way out to Beverly Hills and got some work with uh, the movie's villain and... He he ripped him off, right? Like he took some some bonds. German like bear bonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the you know the bad guy sent some enforcers to Detroit. To, yeah, one of whom is Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks, yeah, from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I think what most people probably know him from. He's also he did Community. Right, uh, which I, I've never watched, but no, no, I never have either. But uh, uh, yeah, he's Mike Airman Trout, really yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Don't add us and tell us to watch Community. Yeah, I got too many fucking shows and movies <laughs> on top of that to watch. I gotta watch Birthday Girl next week. Uh, so just leave me alone, okay? Stop telling me to watch stuff. Uh, I started Succession the other day, so it's like I've I've made I've made my like watching habits even worse by starting a TV show. Um, yeah. So, uh, so his friend is you know is murdered by these these thugs. Yeah, and uh, uh, and Axel has you know a little bit a little bit of information about what Mikey was doing in Beverly Hills, so he. He goes. He says to his chief, "Oh, I'm going to go on vacation, and I'm going to go, you know, to Beverly Hills." But what he's actually doing is plans on solving the yeah, of course, the murder. Yeah, uh, uh, his chief, by the way, yeah, awesome, Gil Hill, 
Gil Hill, Gilbert R. Hill, Inspector Todd. Yeah. Uh, in the first movie especially, he's, he's great. He's hilarious. Yeah, he, because he just says... He can say I, fuck like yeah. nobody else. He says it like Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very good. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I got asked, did you read anything about Gil Hill? No, I didn't. Well, let me tell you this. Okay. So, I, my whole life, I just assumed he was like a character actor. Yeah. Like he did, like probably like other cop movies or something. That's not the case at all. He's got three credits, and it's Beverly Hills Cop 1, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and Beverly Hills Cop 3, because he is uh, he was actually a, a Detroit police officer. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, like, like he'd, he'd been in law enforcement for years, and uh, I think I even read that he was involved with the investigation for the... Uh, Atlanta child murders that were oh, like, really? yeah, uh, like Mind Hunters, Mind Hunters season two, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's like, he was like a real cop, huh? Yeah, <laughs> wild. Well, I mean, that kind of tracks because like man's done that, right? Like, Farina, yeah, uh, Farina was a real cop that, uh-huh. like, you know, I don't know. I, I wonder if he was, was he hired like as a consultant, and they're just like, we got to put this guy in the movie. It, yeah, it could have been. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I mean, I, not cool that he was a cop, but like, it's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but that guy rules in these. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I don't know. Three. Three, nobody really rules, <laughs> except no. for maybe one cameo no. that I love. Everybody would probably agree that... He uh, gets shot and dies, like, in the yeah, first they ten, kill him. ten minutes of three. <laughs> they kill off one of the best characters immediately. Well, and and that's that's the murder. That's the catalyst that sends him, for to, him to go Hills back to Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the most far-fetched one, because it's like, oh, uh, the van was spotted in Beverly Hills or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish one. Then we'll sure. Get, then uh, we'll do a talk briefly about two, and then, then, yeah. we'll, then we'll get to the weird one. I, I didn't exactly know how we were going to, like, discuss all these, if we were going to, like, go, like, oh, let's talk about one, and let's talk about two, and then let's talk yeah, about three, yeah, but we're just kind of, like, yeah, just, weaving in and out of each we one. We know where the conversation goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, so he basically discovers that the murder of his friend is uh, a character named Victor Maitland, mm-hmm. played by, uh, what's his name? Um, last name's Burkoff. Uh, yeah, uh, Stephen. Stephen Burkoff, who, who I don't know super well. No, no. I know I, mostly from this movie. Yeah, he was in, well, he's an octopusy. You like the Bond movies. Oh, yeah. He is in Octopussy. Or Love. Yeah. Uh, he's also in A Clockwork Orange, although I don't particularly remember him from that. Um, uh, yeah, he played Detective Constable Tom. Oh, okay. In Clockwork Orange. Uh, I don't know. I just bought that movie on 4K, so I might rewatch it at some yeah. point soon. But yeah, I don't remember him from that. English actor, though. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, he was, looks like he was a, a Kubrick guy because he's also in Barry Lyndon. Okay. Uh, also in The Tourist with Johnny Depp and Angelina <laughs> Jolie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a movie I forget about. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, he's got a pretty. He's he's another. He's got a pretty rough recent career. If you look at his credits, it's uh some pretty bad looking stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. he's still alive and he still works. Okay. Which is crazy because he was born in 1937. Wow. He's very old. Yeah. Uh, right. So he plays Victor Malin. Yeah. The villain of this movie who is basically we, we learn is a, a drug smuggler who's his cover is that he's like a, a Beverly Hills art dealer. Yeah. Um, respected, very, yeah, very respected. Uh, the cops don't want Axel to, you know, give him any trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, don't you know who he is? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So Axel goes to Beverly Hills. Yeah. Right. And then how does he get, I don't, how does he get hooked up with Rosewood and Taggart? I know they... Uh, it, it is after, I think... Because he, he gets thrown through the window yeah, by the so, heavies. So Axel uh, tries to talk to Maitland pretty early on in the movie. Um, uh-huh. Gets thrown by the security guards out the window. And then I think that's when... That's right. Taggart and Rosewood well, show up. Those two, those two random cops arrest him. Yeah. And you kind of think that the movie might be doing like a uh, racial profiling bit, but it doesn't really ever go into it because these. This movie is obviously since Eddie Murphy is a cop. These movies are not really like. No, they're not. They're they're not critical of cops. No, Um, not at all. If anything, they're positive reinforcements of stereotypes. But but it still is you know critical of. I think uh, some racial profiling. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more of like the the classic uh, some bad apples kind of cop. Oh, yeah, excuse you know like oh yeah, there's some bad cops, mm-hmm. but you know there's also good ones or whatever. Yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit of that. Not that yeah, not that I was expecting this movie to like be thought provoking uh, yeah. in any real way because it's also just like it's a, it's a cop movie yeah 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 you just expect you just expect that kind yeah. of stuff from it yeah um i won't spend too much time on this but we didn't uh mention that this was originally uh uh before eddie murphy came on the project was <laughs> uh uh supposed to star sylvester stallone yeah, that would have been really bad. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, probably would have been bad, but it would have just been a different. Yeah, it kind wouldn't of have been entirely. how it turned out. Yeah, um, it would have been cool if it still had the same theme song. Yeah, <laughs> which you hear in these movies. Yeah. so often. Yeah, <laughs> I but do even, not remember <laughs> how often you hear Axel F. Yeah, <laughs> even though Axel F is used very often, I still think that's a great song. <laughs> it's a great song in one and two. In three, the yeah. version of it is terrible. The right. music in three is terrible, and it's notable because yeah. uh, Niall Rogers yeah. from Chic did yeah, the music Niall for Rogers. that, which is crazy because that music is so bad. It's got that one. That one song that plays during all the action sequences. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you know what I'm even doing. I do exactly. Yeah. But I actually just wa- finished watching three before we hours ago. Yeah, met up tonight. 
Okay. So it's fresh in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The music <laughs> in three is so bad. Yeah. Um, um, but, but yeah, you hear that shit all the time in, those, <laughs> in these movies. It's crazy. And it's not like bad. Like, yeah. I mean, like it puts me in the, it puts me in the franchise, yeah. you know, like in the thick of it. But it's right. just like, it's just funny, like how often it just it just like just starts playing. <laughs> You're just like, oh, we're doing that again. <laughs> yeah, great song though. Great song, Harold Faltermeyer. Uh, shout out to Crazy Frog. Oh, right for the, the, the Crazy Frog Axel F. Uh, um, re not a remix, but I don't know, whatever you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Crazy Frog back in the news again recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Crazy Frog uh, has like a verified Twitter account and they mm. were like selling NFTs. Okay. So now they're doing like the fucking Bitcoin shit. <laughs> okay. And then a bunch of people were yelling at them because Bitcoin is a scam and <laughs> NFTs are stupid. Uh, I'm sorry if that's controversial to anyone who <laughs> listens to this, but that's how I feel. Uh, but anyway, people were like yelling at them and then they, I don't know, there was this really long, insane Twitter thread from like the person who writes the tweets for mm-hmm. crazy or for crazy frog. Yeah. And they're like, we're not the people who came up with the NFTs were just the people writing the tweets. And I'm like, how deep is the fucking crazy frog operation? Yeah, we're just, we're just the Twitter people. How many people work on crazy frog? What even is it anymore? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just saw that and thought it was really, yeah. that was like a week ago. So that was very recent. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so where were we? Just circling back. So this was originally uh, yeah, supposed to be a Sylvester Stallone vehicle. Okay. And then uh, you said something about Cobra, right? Yeah. So the, uh, I guess Stallone had a lot of ideas for what the movie would be, but then he ended up not being in the movies. So he just used a lot of those ideas for Cobra. Okay. Yeah. Cobra is okay. Uh, Cobra's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an '80s cop movie. Yeah. It's not like a a good one, and it's not like one of the worst ones either. It's an all right one. Yeah, it's just one of yeah. those. Um, it's funny that his name is Marion Cobretti. Yeah. I always think that's funny, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that was part of what made me think that movie was going to be much funnier than it ended up being. Right. Well, and then the insane uh, pizza eating scene in that movie. What's that scene? You don't remember the pizza uh, eating scene? I guess scene? not. I, <laughs> okay, right, I've seen right. Cobra like several times, but I don't remember the the pizza scene. You should probably pull it up. Yeah. Well, it's... <laughs> the pizza scissors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, never mind. I do <laughs> yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. pizza with scissors. Pizza with scissors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, if there's one scene to watch from Cobra, it's the pizza scissors scene. Yeah. If you just Google Cobra pizza scissors, it comes up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, with our boy Brian Thompson. Yeah, Brian Thompson, the... Um, the villain. Yeah, the villain. He's a very... He's a striking-looking guy. I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't I want. I don't want to be rude. He's he's got a very unique face. Yeah. Um. Very unique look, and and he got a lot of like villain parts in the eighties and nineties yeah. just because he has kind of a strange face. Yeah. 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 Uh, so 
so yeah, Stallone ended up not doing Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Uh, and I think uh, Mickey Rourke, I think, was considered at one point. And maybe even, oh, like, got paid wild. some money to possibly be in it. Uh, that would have been... That would have been a weird movie. Yeah. Mickey Rourke's got a weird career. Yeah. Guy, I kind of want to dig into more of his 80s stuff at some point, but also, it's not something I'm, like, prioritizing doing. <laughs> but, uh... He's got some good 80s stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he does. I want That's, like, why I want to see it, but I also yeah. kind of want to see, like... You're the Dragon, that Michael Cimino movie he right. did that, like, has a very interesting reputation. Not great. Yeah. Um, um, and then also, uh, Scorsese was, I think, uh, yeah, I did read approached that. to direct the first one. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, that would, uh, Who knows what uh, that would have looked like. Right. I mean, Scorsese, like, as much as... I don't know, when people think about him, they think about him as being, like, a serious gangster movie guy. Like, his career has chops, like, in any genre he's ever worked in. And he's worked in basically every genre. Yeah. Because this would have been just before After Hours. Right. And After Hours is very funny. Yeah, it's a dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it would have been interesting. Yeah. I'm... Sure, it would have been good. I, yeah, uh, thinking about it, that probably would have been the only time where Scorsese would have possibly made a Beverly Hills Cop movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't imagine him like later on, like post Goodfellas or right. Like he follows up Goodfellas with Beverly Hills Cop three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, as much as I would have liked to have seen that, <laughs> let's get Scorsese to do Beverly Hills Cop three with the same script. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was too much of, like, a singular presence by the time, like, even 87, probably, would have been. Yeah. He would have been, because that would have been, Because, uh, uh, Last Temptation was 87, right? Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Or maybe 88, but, like, right around there. Uh-huh. And Last Temptation is... For sure, like a movie that only only an auteur could have made. Yeah, like no studio would have given some random ass director money to make that movie. Yeah, if he wasn't Martin Scorsese or someone right. of that caliber. I don't think he would have made that if he did Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> no, no, yeah. true, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'm glad he didn't. But at the same time, it would have been interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess the movie had a pretty interesting development period. And then um, I think Eddie Murphy joined kind of late in the game, like before uh, I, filming was supposed to start. I read something about that one, not recently, uh-huh. but like, yeah, Eddie Murphy, when he was cast, like I think a lot of actors, mm-hmm. even that were like, in the movie, were very like skeptical uh-huh. Of Eddie, you know, being able to, like, yeah. do it. Uh-huh. And he kind of won them over. Yeah. So, or maybe that was about trading places, which was the year before. But yeah. that's much more of a straightforward. Or, like, maybe 48 hours. Yeah, maybe it was 48 yeah. hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, yeah I, it was an interesting anecdote just about, like, about how skeptical uh, sort of his... 
co-stars co-stars were and then they saw him like doing one scene i don't remember what scene and i don't even remember what movie apparently but uh and then they were like oh never mind he's good yeah he's got what it takes yeah and he he is i think he's really really solid in the first beverly hills cop i yeah i think one and two he's good yeah Two, obviously, it's, it's a wackier movie in general, but I think yeah. <laughs> he makes it work. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't work if he wasn't, like, such a good, you know, leading man. Yeah. I, he had a pretty good quote that I read somewhere. Uh, like, I think before three came out, like, after two, and he was like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where we can really go with a third one, like how many situations can you have where Axel has to talk his way into somewhere where he doesn't belong, <laughs> which is like all the second one is really. Yeah. Uh, and then he, the quote was like kind of funny cause he said something like, yeah, those motherfuckers of Paramount better pay me money <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Eddie. Yeah. Uh, we should say contextually because I don't know. Someone listening to this might not understand, but Eddie was, King shit. Yeah. In the 80s. Like, probably like, bigger than you and I can really understand, because we weren't... Yeah, we can't even fully comprehend yeah. how big of a deal Eddie was, especially in 87. Yeah. Like, when we two were, came out. We yeah. were toddlers at right, the time. Right, Yeah, probably not as much one. One was probably part of his uh, meteoric descent. Uh, well, because one was, like, delirious. Like, his big stand-up special. Uh... They were mid-80s, right? Like, Delirious and Raw? Okay, Raw's 87, so... So, same year as Beverly Hills Cop 2. Yeah, and Delirious is 83. Okay. Okay, so... So, the year before Beverly Hills Cop 1. Right. Yeah. Um, Those were probably huge stand-up movies. Oh, yeah, I mean, he yeah. was... Probably, it was probably, what, like, him, Richard Pryor. Yeah. And the weirdest outlier in kind of, like, stand-up comedy that is now not a presence at all is was the Dice Man, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, That's another guy I don't think people from our generation even really understand (laughs) how insanely popular Andrew Dice Clay was. But that would have been after... Yeah, that would have been a couple years later. Like, early 90s, probably. Um, Or maybe late 80s. Late 80s. Well, because Adventures of Ford Fairlane was 90. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever... Brief tangent on Uh the Dice Man. Have you ever watched any Andrew Dice Clay stand-up? Yeah, I mean, like, clips. I have not seen, like, a whole special or set awful yeah and it's so funny to imagine it being like like a huge thing yeah like yeah. people go fucking nuts for his like dirty nursery rhymes <laughs> yeah because yeah i think when i was older like i watched them and i was like really this is like what it was all about my favorite one is um we had this you know, you know those little like those little <laughs> like boards with the with the plastic letters where you can like write a message in like mm-hmm. a lot of times like coffee shops will have yeah, them or yeah. whatever uh-huh. you can buy them sure. for your house yeah um well i wrote <laughs> this andrew Tice clay quote in one once at um my house and uh it was 
uh, about uh, Goldilocks mm-hmm. uh, and the three bears find her eating porridge mm-hmm. and like I, I can't remember the exact quote but like what they say, according to Andrew Dice Clay, is, what's in the bowl, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that was the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty big... I I mean, I know that line. I said, hey, yeah. what's in the bowl, bitch? Uh-huh. Like, and, and people would fucking lose their minds yeah. for this. Yeah, the Dice Man. <laughs> uh, whose career was revived by Woody Allen, which is Yeah, because he was in Blue Jasmine. Is that right? Uh, I didn't I see Blue Jasmine. I didn't yeah. see Blue Jasmine, but I think that was his kind of comeback. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny that Andrew Dice Clay's career was revived by yeah. Woody Allen, yeah. of all people. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. all right, back, back to back to BHC. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so obviously this uh, the first Beverly Hills Cop was a huge hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to do the box office for that? Uh, yeah, we might as well, and then we'll quickly seg into yeah. two and three. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I guess you understand the the ending of. Beverly Hills guy. He gets the yeah, art dealer guy. They're right. Not, they're not... These movies aren't about plot, really. No, yeah. Because you know the villain from the beginning of the movie, and it's just them yeah. having to prove it. That's, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And that's how all three of these are. Yeah. There's no twists it's or anything. Basically just about, like, the interplay between, yeah. you know, Eddie Murphy and Taggart and Rosewood, and, you know, Eddie has to con his way into various situations to yeah. piece it all together. Yeah. Yeah, so, alright, so Beverly Hills Cop opened at number one on the box office mm-hmm. uh, when it came out December 7th, ah, 1984. December movie. Yeah, which is interesting because two and three both came out in May. Okay. So they moved them, they became summer, yeah. summer thing, which I guess makes sense, they're hits now. Yeah. But, um, it was number one, it made 15,000, which is, in 1984, that's pretty good opening weekend. Yeah, that's pretty big, yeah. Um, and then, or 15 million, I said 15,000, uh-huh. that's 15 million. 15 million, yeah, yeah I knew what yeah, you meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and domestically, it made pretty good $234 million. Wow. For 1984, for yeah. an R-rated comedy, that's yeah, really that's huge. Yeah. Uh, did another $81.6 million internationally. Mm-hmm. So worldwide gross three hundred sixteen million dollars. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like if if an R-rated comedy made three hundred sixteen million dollars <laughs> now, people would lose their minds because yeah. that just doesn't happen anymore. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It did very well. It was obviously a big hit. Yeah. Um. I mean, if the the second one came out three years later. Yeah, yeah, and the second one did pretty well too. But yeah, we'll get there in a second. Yeah, um, uh, and it critically did pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I well, think it, I think it was pretty well received. Yeah, you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes? Or? Um, I'm gonna say pretty high. Like, I'll say ninety. Ninety? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the Metacritic was too? While, while we're on the side. 
84. Okay. Well, um, Beverly Hills Cop has Rotten Tomatoes score of 83. Okay. So, only 53 reviews. Yeah. Because, I mean, all three of these movies were not released. Unlike our all of our 2002 movies, they were yeah. not released in the internet era, obviously. So, yeah, the reviews are all either, like, archived reviews from older film critics right. or they're, like, people that have reviewed it since. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think Ebert actually did not like any of them. I think he gave them all... Like, I think he maybe gave the first one, like, two stars. Two, really? Yeah, two and a half, maybe. And then I think he really disliked the second one. And I can only assume he <laughs> disliked the third one. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would, I would, I can't imagine. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a funny uh, guess for the third one, yeah. what you think that got. Um, uh, Medic score is actually only 66 oh, okay. for this. Yeah. So... Again, I don't know. It's it, for a movie that old. I feel like it's hard to yeah, yeah. Because I mean, uh, hard to meta score. There's only eleven, so it's only people I think that have reviewed the DVDs. Probably, oh, okay. probably yeah. DVDs and Blu-ray. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's Beverly Hills Cop one. Yeah, do you want to review all of them and rank them at the end? We or can do, we... do it that way, yeah. Okay, okay. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, yeah, it starts with Shakedown. It starts with Shakedown. Bob Seger. Uh-huh. Um, which, I'm not, I'm not, like, crazy familiar with Bob Seger. I mean, I know, like, Night, Night Moves. Moves. Yeah. Um, I know Shakedown. I think I knew Shakedown. I didn't realize it was, like, four to this movie, though. Right. Um, uh, the, yeah, the first, we didn't really talk about the soundtrack besides Axel F for the first one, but the first one's got a pretty fun soundtrack. Uh, what else is on it? Oh, it's got Neutron Dance and, uh, The Heat is On. The Heat is On. Yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah. The Heat is On. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic. Um, yeah. Um, this one, what, does this have any, uh, two, does it have anything besides Shakedown? Um, I'm sure it does. Uh, like, Corey Hart has a song, right? <laughs> what, Sunglasses at Night? Not, not Sunglasses at Night. I didn't but... know Corey Hart had a song besides <laughs> Sunglasses at Night. Yeah, I think Corey Hart's got a song on here. Uh, yeah, I mean, not, the songs I don't think are as memorable, except for Shakedown. Mm-hmm. As some of the songs in the first one, yeah, Pointer Sisters yeah. on the soundtrack, Jermaine Jackson. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Only the only songs that really register are Axel F and Shakedown, though. Yeah, those are the only two. Uh, and again, we hear Axel F a ton of times yeah. in the second <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I was wondering if it would if it would appear less in two, and it doesn't. It's yeah. it's there just as much. Um, yeah. yeah, so he's, like, it's clear, like, you can tell it's more 80s-ified, if that's a, if yeah. that's a term, because it starts with him, like, putting on his nice-ass suit with, like, mm-hmm. a skinny tie and yeah. shit while Bob Seger plays, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's it's a very, like, 80s uh, yeah. opening credit sequence. Right. Uh, and it even, like, cuts to, like, Eddie's crotch at one point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it, the first movie, 
And actually, even the second movie, he doesn't have a love interest. No. And I, then the third one, it does. And it's yeah. weird. It uh, feels weird. I uh, I read, like, a, a Reddit... Um, uh, not kind of, like, not really a fan theory, because the person who wrote it, like, obviously knew that it wasn't true in any way, but uh, they... Uh, they thought it would have been interesting if if Axel was gay, mm. uh, which would have made a lot of things make sense in the first one, like why he was... <laughs> a little less offensive. Yeah. A little less offensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a convenient excuse for the first couple of movies. Well, all of them, really, but yeah. for sure the first movie. Right. Which has the most of that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he, in the first one, he doesn't have a love interest, and he's, mm-hmm. he's just good pals with, um... Mikey. With Mikey. Yeah, like, yeah. pretty close to Mikey. Yeah? Yeah. Well, and he, he tells him he loves him. At yeah, one he point. tells him he loves him. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, for 1984, mm-hmm. if he's not gay, like, I mean, that is... An insane level of sincer- male sincerity that uh-huh. you don't really get yeah. in movies for a very long time. Uh-huh. I mean, you still don't really get male characters telling each other they love them in yeah. movies, like, very often. Like, unless yeah. they're gay. Right. Right. And then, um, uh, and then they pointed out that Axel, uh, who, who makes fun of everybody in Beverly Hills was very, uh, very nice and did not make fun of the two kind of like effeminate male characters that he meets in the movie. Like he got along very well with Serge and Damon Wayans and didn't poke fun of them at all. Yeah, it's even though the portrayal of Yeah, the- I think I think probably I think the the real reason is that they're portrayed enough of a joke that you don't need Eddie to sit there yeah. and call them names right. or whatever as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean that's the interesting theory or like I guess fan fiction really, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> probably not the case. Uh, yeah. It is interesting that like in three, they felt the need to give him a love interest. Yeah, when that wasn't anything the no. first two movies had like they were on their minds. More of a bromance. Yeah, absolutely yeah. a bromance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So um, two opens with uh, uh, Axel. It's it's Axel. It's it's repeating the first movie. Like yeah. he's he's. Undercover doing in, another thing. He's back in Detroit. Yeah, and then and he, then he gets the call at Ronnie Cox, who we didn't really talk about. Yeah, um, he's uh, Andrew um, uh, D something, right? No, it's uh, not Bologamil. Uh, it's an interesting name. Bol- Bolgamil. Bogamil. Bogamil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention that. Uh, Ronnie Cox plays the the Beverly Hills. Always a great authority figure. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the the captain, the police captain. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie Cox probably best in his Verhoeven works. Yeah, I would say Total yeah. Recall mm-hmm. and Robocop. Robocop. Um. Yeah. So Ronnie Call Rank Ronnie Cox is shot. Yeah. And Axel finds out. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ryan Cox's daughter calls yeah. Axel. Yeah, because er- early on in the movie, it's explained that um, 
Bogomil and Taggart and Rosewood are working on a, uh, like a serial robbery case. The, the alphabet. Alphabet killer. I was going to yeah. say the numbers killer. But uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the alphabet crimes is what yeah. they're called. Cause they're like these, uh, high, like, uh, these robberies that take place at high end stores, like jewelry stores and things like that. Um, and they, the, the criminals leave behind like a, like an envelope, like a monogram, like a, like an alphabet letter, you know, a letter on the envelope after each of their crime, crimes. Yeah. So he decides to, of course, go to Beverly Hills to check on, uh, Ronnie Cox Uh and then also try and help Rosewood and Taggart figure out who did it. Um, Rosewood and Taggart have been banished to, like, traffic, right, by the... Yeah. The the police chief, the guy who's ahead of, above Ryan Cox... Yeah. ...is, uh, what's that guy's name? Alan Garfield. Yeah, Alan Garfield plays Chief Lutz, right? Yeah, Yeah. and that guy, he's a real ball luster. Yeah, who who I know most from uh, The Conversation. He's Bernie Mm -hmm. from The Conversation. Yeah, he's he's an Altman guy because he's also in Nashville. Nashville, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's like a buffoon in the movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, He's a very, like, image-conscious... Police yeah, guy. Yeah, he really wants to like stay on the mayor's good side, right? Yeah, he works the media, all that yeah. stuff. Um, and the mayor, side note, is uh, Ron Ridgely, right? Uh, yeah, the Colonel, Robert Ridgely, or yeah, Robert Ridgely, the Colonel from Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, also in something wild, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, He's a he's a, a demi guy because he's also in Philadelphia as well. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Robert Ridgely. Yeah. There's some. I I like two's selection of character actors best of the three because yeah. uh, it has my favorite set of villains in any of these movies, <laughs> which is Jurgen Prochnow, mm-hmm. Brigitte Nielsen, uh-huh. and Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Which that's a good crew. Yeah. That's a good crew. Dean Stockwell, who recently passed away. Recently passed away, yeah. And um, Alan Garfield, uh, Chief Lutz, that mm-hmm. guy passed away last year. Oh, I yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. kind of just assumed he'd not been alive for a little while. Uh, yeah, but uh, Ronnie Cox, still with us. Mm-hmm. He's also 1938. Wow. He was born. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty old. Yeah. Pretty old. John Ashton still alive. But, um, yeah, so what? He he goes to Beverly Hills. Uh, they've been banished to traffic, so they have to pretend not to be working on the case. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Axel basically kind of talks them into trying to solve the case against Chief Lutz's uh, orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think, how does, uh, how does Axel kind of figure out that Jurgen Prochnow is involved? Um. He goes to the gun club, 
Yeah, when that he's there with Brigitte Nielsen, uh-huh. who he keeps calling in this movie like a big bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, not great, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess I laughed, so well, what I, does that say? I, I mean, you laugh because it's so brazen. <laughs> yeah. not, I don't, I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny that that, like, qualified as, like, movie banter at one yeah. point, you know, like, just calling someone a big bitch. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's so stupid, and like offensive yeah um yeah so i think it's when he goes to the gun club where he uh like axel's basically like columbo like he figures everything out like pretty early on and it's just a matter of yeah like yeah find like finding the proof and yeah yeah. that's all these movies are yeah Yeah. it's never it's there's no twists Uh, was there a twist in three at all was there any surprise i I mean there was a slight twist because one character that you thought was um uh the the secret service agent yeah uh what's that actor's name christopher mccaddy uh, we'll get there. Yeah, anyhow. But yeah, I know he, that he was revealed to be the, like, surprise. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's conspirator. right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, none of these movies have, like, a twist. Yeah. Like, it's, they're all pretty straightforward. You, you, the stakes are set in the first, yeah. like, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And it's just a matter of how can, how does Axel figure it out? Yeah. And make the case. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, this movie has three villains, uh, mm-hmm. Jurgen Prouch now, Dean Stockwell, mm-hmm. and Brigitte Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're gun smugglers in yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Drug and, smugglers in the first one, gun uh, gun smugglers in the second one. <laughs> and the third one's just evil uh, private evil, security corporation. Uh, yeah, counterfeiters. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, God, the third movie sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, um, I don't, yeah, we don't even really have to talk no, too much I mean, about it, the plot. Because it's basically two. the same in the first one, yeah. which we really didn't go over too much in detail, but I feel like it's pretty obvious. Uh, like, yeah, we he, know. Yeah, we he know figures him. it out. He yeah. has to... Uh, he has to talk fast and uh, con his way into, you know, various uh, situations and s- solve things. And um, two, two, yeah, it's it's more of the same plot wise. Yeah, um, I would say we we talked a little bit about it. the most notable like scene where he has to talk himself into a place is the Playboy Mansion scene, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, or is it the gun club scene? Or, no, what's the part... Uh, I'm trying to think. Which movie is it where he uh, pretends to be a courier delivering, like, a, a bio chemical <laughs> weapon? That's the second one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't know how people always fall for this because he's just like a, a random looking dude in a Detroit Lions <laughs> yeah. jacket. Uh, I think the funniest <laughs> example of that in the second one is when he convinces those construction workers yeah. that he's like the architect yeah. <laughs> of that house so he can stay in the house for a week. <laughs> but he's just a guy in a Lions jacket. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I know that he's like supposed to be fast-talking and convincing yeah. Yeah. Uh, and charismatic, obviously, but, like, 
It's, it is just mm-hmm. a little like, well, who the fuck are you again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, let's back up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, it, to me, that's the funniest example. I mean, yeah. I guess the Playboy Mansion scene is just mm-hmm. notable because of how, you know, wild it is that it exists. Yeah. yeah. And Hugh Hefner does have a cameo. He asks, mm-hmm. he asks everyone to leave yeah. because Eddie's or Axel's making a scene at Jurgen Prouch now. Yeah. Um, and then Hugh Hefner comes over and he's like, I'd like to ask you to leave. Yeah. Uh, and then Jurgen Proudson is like, I'm a donor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think this, the, you know, the Playboy Mansion is the, the biggest example of just how much less subtle this movie is than yeah. the first one. Yeah, um, totally. I mean, it, yeah. it is, but I will say, like, I mean, as I've said a few times, I, it, there's something about it that's just fun. Yeah. It's it's, le- it's certainly a less substantial, like, thumbprint on film history. Like, yeah. you could say that Beverly Hills Cop really kind of revolutionized the buddy cop genre yeah. and was key in... Uh-huh. It's a key footnote in yeah. buddy cop action comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, two is obviously not. It's yeah. just the sillier, less good sequel. Right. But... I mean, like, I don't know. I, I really liked how stylish it was. Like, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just a sucker for like the like old '80s Tony Scott thing. Yeah. Because uh, his movies have such a cool look. I don't. Yeah. I don't really even like a lot of Tony Scott movies all that much. But yeah. But I, I think you and I both enjoy enjoy like what certain Tony Scott movies are. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Look, I don't think it's great, but Top Gun looks fucking cool in that in that very eighties way. And that's a Tony Scott movie. It's got the same DP as this movie, Uh uh, Jeffrey Kimball, who was one of Tony Scott's guys for a while. Like he did, uh, he did Top Gun. He did this. He did Revenge from nineteen ninety. Um, Revenge is not bad. Is it? Oh, yeah. I've never seen that one. That's that's one that intrigues me because, like, 80s, 90s Tony Scott is kind of interesting to mm-hmm. me. I don't love his 2000s stuff, but... Um, <laughs> um, and then he'd also do True Romance. Yeah. Uh, this guy also did uh, Mission Impossible 2. Oh, okay. And then he did two 2002 movies, Jeffrey Kimball. Mm. Uh, that we're going to talk about, Wind Talkers, mm-hmm. and so he's, he's a that? he's a John Woo guy then. Uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, he also did Paycheck, um, <laughs> and then the other movie is Star Trek Nemesis, ah. which is a dog shit movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Uh. Uh, he also did. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can talk about this so that we can. Talk. Well, I guess we can do this when we do the Wind Talkers episode. Uh-huh. I don't know when this actually came out, but do you remember the Clive Owen uh, the, short film, the BMW? Like BMW? Yeah, yeah, of course. Hostage. Yeah, uh, BMW Films, the one by John Woo. Yeah. Well, anyway, this guy DP'd that also. Yeah. So I think I, ha- I for some reason had those on DVD. Really? I don't know where I got them, but didn't like one car. Why do one? <laughs> Yeah, there were a few of yeah. them. Yeah. Maury Shakin's in this one. Ah. It was... <laughs> like, Guy Ritchie did one, too. Yeah. yeah. Was Clive Owen in all of them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
the the hire is that what they were all was that the name of like the series or was that just the name of one of the... I think that was just one of them I think it was just bmwfilms.com oh, okay. presents because yeah. they were all shown online yeah. on the web um but yeah the John Woo one was the hostage so maybe we can just do all of the BMW <laughs> films from 2002. Yeah. But, uh... We could do an ep- a whole episode of Oh, The Hire was from 2003. So they kind of spread them out more Got than it. I realized. But, um... Joe Carnahan. Oh, wow. Ang Lee. Tony Scott did one. Mm-hmm. Wong Kar Wai. John Woo. Guy Ritchie. And, uh... Alejandro Inaratu. Weird. Gina Ratu. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and John Frankenheimer, which that kind of that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, so getting back to Beverly Hills Cop 2, right. um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the reason that you uh, find uh, 2 so appealing, and I, I think I have the same feeling, is that because... Beverly Hills Cop 2 was kind of like the the early days of the Bruckheimer yeah. uh, house style, yes. sort of. Yeah. Like... It's a style over substance movie yeah. to a T. And uh, a lot of what I want from, like, a lot of 80s movies when I watch new, mm-hmm. new to me 80s movies mm-hmm. is I want just, like, that, like, that yeah. particular style. Uh-huh. And... Tony Scott is like a key part of yeah. that era of filmmaking. Uh, absolutely, because so Tony Scott hooked up with Bruckheimer and Don Simpson for Top Gun. Yeah, and then the next year they did. They this. were so impressed with what he did with Top yeah. Gun that they hired him for yeah. this. Yeah, um, and it's interesting because it it is a totally different kind of feel, like. Mm-hmm the cinematography and stuff from yeah. the first movie. Like, it is more of that Bruckheimer-Simpson look. Yeah, uh, definitely. And and obviously that would go on into the 90s yeah. and stuff, too. Well, this is the, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 2 is, I'd say more so than Top Gun, like, is the beginning of that line that goes through movies like yeah, Bad Boys and Crimson Tide and... Mm-hmm. The, the like, oversaturated, yeah, yeah and just like high loud, bombastic, yeah. two-hour action movies. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big movie in every sense because the, a lot of the performances are very big, and obviously it just looks like yeah, yeah, sentient cocaine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I I just love that shit. I love watching that shit, and it really appealed to me in that sense. And, you know, being realistic, like, I wouldn't sit here and tell you that 2 is a better movie than Mm -hmm. 1, but I think on this most recent viewing, it just struck me how fun it was, and how silly, and, like, you know, all of that stuff, you know, really appealed to me this time. Yeah. Yeah, I think they both have charm, but for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, you you don't watch Beverly Hills Cop 2 expecting anything different. No. And plot-wise. Like, yeah. You just watch it because you want to see that same actor do the same shit. And it mm-hmm. just builds on it and makes it... It heightens it all. Yeah. Like, to a very, like, ridiculous level. Yeah. Like, at times. So... And 
you get more Judge Reinhold, I think, in the second one. Yeah, you do. Well, and I, I think when, when was Fast Times? Was Fast Times eighty three? Yeah, that was early. Yeah, I think definitely before it was before Beverly Hills Cop one. Okay. Oh, it was eighty two. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like, what was Judge Reinhold? Well, I guess let's look. Because, <laughs> I mean, I feel like most people probably first saw him in Fast Times. He was also yeah. in Stripes. Uh-huh. But I I don't remember him from Stripes. I haven't seen Stripes in a long time, though. Um, I know. I definitely know the first thing I saw him in. And I would bet it's the same for the you. Santa Claus. Easily the Santa Claus. Yeah. Just because we're of that age. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I mean... Santa Claus is a movie I'm probably going to watch like this week <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's Christmas week. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So Judge Reinhold, wow, good, good 1984 for him. He was in Beverly Hills Cop and Gremlins. Okay. So and then after that, I mean, he was in a couple of things. Nothing hits. Nothing even I really know. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, it was 87, Beverly Hills Cop 2. But I don't know, maybe like, maybe their market research or whatever was just like, people like Judge Reinhold and he's yeah popping. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, he's in a little more. Yeah. Um, but also, I think like Taggart's. I, I think they really just, they're like, oh, people like the three of them. Yeah. Let's do even more of it. Yeah. And and, and, and they added, like, some extra dimensions to their characters, I think, because Rosewood in the second one's, like, kind of a little more unhinged, right? Like, he's really into weapons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You Well, I think how I kind of interpreted it was uh-huh. that Axel had... Uh, an effect yeah, on like a, a bad influence or something. He, like yeah, that. like he yeah. he's like he changed his perspective on being a cop a little bit, mm-hmm. and he's less like by the book. By the book, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, well, and Taggart <laughs> Taggart's got like divorce problems. There's a lot of like shit about like his. His bitch of a wife, you know, basically is how the movie... They don't say that necessarily. I mean, they might actually say that at one point, but like... Well, when... That's that's how it's meant to be. I mean, spoiler, but when uh, Brigitte Nielsen gets, uh, like, shot at the end of the second one, doesn't Taggart have a line like, women... Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> oh, because he, he saves Axel and shoots Virginia yeah, Nielsen. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it, it, the sequel's bigger in every way, and it's also more chauvinistic as well. <laughs> uh, even if it's less homophobic, it's it's more like, it's like, all right, we made fun of the gays in the first one, so let's <laughs> let's make fun of women in the second, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, let's do the box office for two. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I'm going to say it did really well, probably. Yeah, uh, opening weekend, opened at number one, May 22nd, 1987 is when it came yeah. out. Uh, made $26 million opening weekend. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a $11 million increase over the first one, which did pretty well. Yeah. Um, uh, domestically, uh, did not really even come close to the first one. It made one fifty three point six mm. million. First one did two thirty five. So 
Uh, didn't really come close. Yeah. But it did do better internationally. This did 146 million internationally. So combined, it still did $300 million. So the other one did 316. Yeah. So still a pretty good yeah. hit. Yeah. Almost um, just as good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised at how much, I don't know, maybe like Eddie Murphy. Maybe, like, Beverly Hills Cop was what made Eddie Murphy a star internationally. Yeah. Whereas here he was a little more established. And right. then, so when three, or when two comes out, mm-hmm. people know who he is internationally. And right. want to go see it. Um, but yeah, did pretty well. Uh, um, critically, probably not as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. What yeah. do you think it did? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. Oh, I'll say like 50. 51 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah, 50 on Metacritic. Okay. Uh, It's 47 on Rotten Tomatoes Mm -hmm. and then 48 Metascore. So okay. close, yeah, yeah. You're on the you're in the right ballpark. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just I feel like the consensus was that it's just more the same and not quite as good. Yeah, yeah. well, and it's also harder for like <laughs> critics back then to appreciate the like <laughs> Tony Scott Bruckheimer thing. Yeah, because that now has an air of nostalgia to it, whereas uh-huh. then it was just like, oh, he's a fucking <laughs> music video director, basically. Is yeah. How he was probably viewed by contemporary critics at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I bet Top Gun... What was... Was Top Gun well-reviewed when that came out? I don't... I feel like it wasn't. Maybe, like, okay, but I think people probably thought I was dumb. I mean, it is. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think critics probably thought it was yeah, like yeah. dumb. Yeah, Top Gun has a fifty-eight percent, so it's about the same as this. Yeah, uh, I, I don't really love Top Gun, but there's things I appreciated about appreciate about it. Yeah, uh, a lot of the same stuff that I liked about Beverly Hills Cop too. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's. I guess. Uh, Wrap this up with three. Yeah, get it. Get it over uh, I mean, we, we already talked a little bit about three. At, yeah, at the beginning. I, there's. I think we've already kind of talked. Yeah, hit most of our main talking points on it. <laughs> but I guess we could ba- like briefly describe the plot, which is that Axel <laughs> <laughs> Axel uh, is you know starts out with him back in Detroit working a, a case and uh, his uh, his captain. Um, why am I blanking on Todd? Yeah, Inspector Todd. Inspector Todd uh, is gunned down. Todd is his last name, by the way. Yeah, not, yeah. We're not just calling him like Inspector Todd, like Bob the Builder. Or yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Inspector Todd uh, is uh, is murdered in like an early like uh, stakeout scene. Yeah, that turns into like a gunfight. Uh, right. Yeah. Axel uh, decides not to use SWAT. Yeah. Which his inspector is like skeptical of. Right. Um, um, what, what's the? Um, what is Axel hoping to achieve in that opening scene? 
Well, because he thinks they're just warehouse workers. Yeah. Well, so he knows he it, it's he like a chop shop. He doesn't want to, yeah, he doesn't want to scare them, and he doesn't want SWAT to come in and just, like, destroy evidence mm-hmm. by being, like, you know, yeah. forceful entry. Yeah. So Axel wants to do the Axel thing, which is where he smooth talks his way yeah. into the building, and that's how he can secure all the evidence. Yeah, because he knocks on the door and... Uh, does a character. Yeah, does a character. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's, it's not... Uh, by three, I would say most of the charm of that stuff has worn off. Yeah. And it's, like, clear that mm-hmm. no one's heart really is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Except for George Lucas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. George Lucas. Uh, George Lucas has a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> I assume because he was friends with Landis. Yeah, like, I think a bunch of directors have cameos in this. Like, um, John Singleton's in it mm-hmm. as that firefighter that is like, uh, oh, did you hear Uncle Dave got shot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, John Singleton. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Joe Dante's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that... Uh, well, I guess Dante, but also Lucas would still be friends with Landis because I know Spielberg pretty yeah. famously renounced his friendship with Landis after the Twilight Zone movie thing. Yeah. Uh, and Dante, who also has a segment in that, apparently didn't. Yeah. Um, but Lucas, I think of as being like Spielberg's best buddy. Yeah. So I guess they're split on Landis. Yeah. But, uh, who knows? What? Yeah, I don't, I, who, yeah, who knows? Land, yeah. Landis. Let's let's talk <laughs> Landis's career a little bit because it's kind of funny. What, <laughs> like, what do you think Landis is doing these days? Oh, like now? Yeah. Because uh, I don't even he's know. He's still alive. Yeah. A lot of yeah. his contemporaries still work and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, Carpenter doesn't work because he doesn't want to. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe Dante tries to get projects made still, just, yeah. you know, only sporadically achieves that. Um, um I don't know, like, Cronenberg uh, is a contemporary of Landis, because they, yeah. they did that, like, Masters of, or not Masters of Horror, that was the Carpenter thing, but, like, there's that famous interview with Carpenter, Cronenberg, and Landis, right when, uh, like... American Werewolf in Paris was coming out. It was, like, right around then, because they all had movies coming out, the three of them. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, what do, you, what do you think Landis is up to these days? Because it's I don't, yeah, I probably don't way really worse know. than what you would even <laughs> guess. Uh, let's see. He... Well, I know he directed some episodes of Psych. Okay. So, he did, like, three episodes of Psych... Which, I mean, I, I haven't seen Psych, so I'm not shit-talking that, but, like, anybody could have probably directed episodes of Psych. Like, yeah. There's so many TV directors that work, and no, you know, shade to them, because a lot of good directors have come out of the TV sphere. Yeah. But, like, it's weird that it would just be, like, John Landis, like, like, he, like he's any old TV director. Yeah. Um, he also did one episode of Franklin and Bash. Okay. <laughs> the Mark Paul Goss. So he does those kinds of shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then most recently, he directed one episode. Uh, this was the thing that made me laugh the most. 
of an animated show called Superhero Kindergarten, which looks so terrible. And Arnold Schwarzenegger apparently does a voice on this. But it looks very low budget. Like, it looks yeah. like the Liberties Kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, animators, maybe. Um I don't. I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know what. It like, kind of looks like a joke. Yeah, uh, it does. It, apparently, Stan Lee has something to do with this, even though he's dead. Uh-huh. Um, they might be YouTube videos because if you Maybe. scroll through, these look like YouTube thumbnails. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I don't know. I. I don't know. Apparently, Landis has uh, directed some of this in 2021. Yeah. I don't even know what directing an animated uh, TV show would involve. <laughs> like, what is... Because he's yeah, obviously what's he, not What's animating. he bringing to the table? I don't know. <laughs> I don't uh, know. But, I, fuck Landis. So, he's not, he's not doing much these days. No, I'm yeah. good. Fuck him. He sucks. <laughs> he's... A, I, I mean, I we don't have to go into it, because it could be a, a whole podcast on its own, but if you ever feel like it look into the twilight zone stuff and he comes off like a huge piece of shit and all of that right and the only person that actively defends him is his own piece of shit son max landis who's been like credibly accused of sexual assault by like seven different people so right uh yeah so that's john landis yeah that's the landis family they suck uh so, what would have been before um, Beverly Hills Cop 3? I mean, obviously, in the 80s, he did, like we already said, Coming to America and yeah. Trading Places. But uh, what what was, like, between that? Well, um, I, so, if you look at his career, he did, like, Trading Places in 83, uh-huh. and then... Also in 83, probably later in the year, was the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Movie. That was, that was the incident. Yeah. Um, before that, he had done American Werewolf, Paris, Blues Brothers, Animal mm-hmm. House. That was where he kind of made his hay. And then Trading Places was kind of the end of it. Yeah. Uh, also in 83, though, worth noting, was the Thriller music video that yeah. he directed. So, yeah. Uh, one of the most like famous music videos of all time. Yeah. Um, when, when was um, Into the Night? Into the night was eighty five. Okay, so that was his first thing after, uh, after yeah. the incident. I uh-huh. assume. I don't know when he. I don't know when he shot the thriller video, but I assume it was probably before Twilight Zone. But yeah. I, I don't know. Um, he he, <laughs> he did a, a Disneyland thirtieth uh, anniversary celebration. He directed mm-hmm. that. Okay. <laughs> Um, but that, and they did Into the Night, both of those in 85. Uh-huh. Um, then he did Spies Like Us, also in 85. Right. Yeah. Three and Amigos three in 86. Amigos. Yeah. Uh, I think both of those didn't do very well box office wise. I, I don't know. I mean, probably not. Um, well, I know Spies Like Us is supposed to be terrible. Yeah. I've never seen it. Um, Three Amigos, I feel like a lot of people our age probably watched it on TV. Yeah. And so I know some people that like it, but mm-hmm. I bet if you watched it now, that's not really Yeah. Good. I mean, it's... it's. I I think uh, that was something my dad showed me when I was younger. Yeah. And I don't even know if he really liked it. Yeah. 
Well, my dad's like a big Animal House guy, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think he was big into uh, Three Amigos. Uh, and then after Three Amigos, he did Amazon Women on the Moon. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? No. Uh, neither have I. Uh, and then, uh, oh wait, he did that with Joe Dante? Oh, it's like segments. Okay, okay. I see. So he just did a segment on that. Um, with Joe Dante and a couple other guys. Uh, and then, yeah, then Eddie throws him the bone with Coming to America. Mm-hmm. That was kind of... Yeah. That was kind of how that was viewed, was Eddie was like, I want Landis. And the studio was like, eh, I don't know if we want Landis for this. Yeah. And then, uh, that movie ended up being... That's a wild movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that also had kind of a problematic shoot. Like, it went super over budget, right? Like... I think I read something last night when I was reading about this that that movie ballooned up to like a almost seventy million dollar budget, <laughs> which in nineteen eighty eight is insane for a yeah. comedy. I think that that's kind of similar to Beverly Hills Cop three. Yeah, I think that ended up with yeah. a seventy million dollar budget. Oh, maybe that's what I read, but it's it's kind of a similar story. Uh-huh. I think. Um, yeah, and then after coming to America, he did a couple Disney things like the TV. Th- Disneyland 35th anniversary special, mm-hmm. so he did another one of those. Uh, Oscar with <laughs> Sly Stallone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely never seen that. <laughs> and uh, Chaz Palminteri. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to see it. <laughs> no. And you know who's also in that movie? Joey Travolta. Yeah. John Travolta's brother uh-huh. who's in Beverly Hills Cop 3. <laughs> it's weird seeing him because he looks like Travolta uh-huh. enough. Yeah. But also different. It's, yeah. it's a strange thing. Uh, and then he did... Uh, kind of like, um, what's his name? Uh, William uh, Mapother? What's How do you say his name? Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise's cousin. Tom Cruise's cousin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy who looks like Tom Cruise if you were like... Yeah, at certain angles. Yeah. really looks... <laughs> yeah. If you were like a villain or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Tom Cruise is creepy enough on his own. But yeah, he, he looks a little like him, but also a little yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, Landis did uh, Anthony LaPaglia, Robert Loggia movie called Innocent Blood. Have you seen that? No. Uh, it's like a vampire comedy. I don't know. I, I, not a movie I know. And then uh, he did another Mike, couple more Michael Jackson videos in there. But then uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 in 94. So Landis is not like... In a great spot, yeah. Right at this point, yeah. Um, Definitely not after Beverly Hills Cop three, and yeah, that he might have thought reteaming with Eddie. I mean, that might have been how he was able to get over yeah. whatever his issues were because uh-huh. he thought, oh, I can make this Eddie Murphy movie and maybe yeah. it'll get me back in, yeah, the big time, yeah. And he didn't, yeah. So because he. Didn't know that it was going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though it had a bad script and he was relying on Eddie to just punch yeah. up the movie. Uh, we should, I mean, let's go over the rest, I guess, real quick. The rest of Landis's theatrical movies, because there's, yeah. there's only like two. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, he did The Stupids in 1996. Oof. And his last theatrically released movie... 
was Blues Brothers 2000 in 1998. Man. And then after that, it's all TV stuff. Uh, did that Mr. Warmth, Don Rickles documentary come out in theaters? That might have. That might have had like he a directed limited. that. Okay. But that, that might have had like a limited release. Yeah. I don't really count that. Yeah. As being like a Landis movie necessarily. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was it for Landis. So in the nineties he did Beverly Hills Cop Three, The Stupids, and then <laughs> Blues Brothers two thousand. So he did oh, Oscar man. as well as ninety one. No. And then he did that not a good instant blood. <laughs> not a good decade. It's <laughs> a rough decade. Yeah. 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 Uh and they also did, I don't know what this movie is. This movie also came out in ninety eight called Dying to Get Rich, aka Susan's Plan. Uh not familiar. Natasha Kinski, Billy Zane, Michael Bean, Rob Schneider, Lara Flynn Boyle, and of course Dan Aykroyd. Uh look at that huh. poster. It uh, looks very bad. I feel like I've seen this poster before. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I can't imagine play. that came out theatrically. Yeah. He wrote and directed it, though. Huh. I don't know. It's funny that. It's funny that for all of Landis's issues, he still kept getting shots in Hollywood. Yeah. And the only thing that sank his career was the fact that he wasn't really actually all that talented of a writer or a director <laughs> yeah that he just made so many bombs yeah. uh, it's funny because if you interviewed him he would probably tell you that he got railroaded by hollywood because yeah. of the uh unfortunate incident or whatever he would describe the twilight zone set uh-huh. thing but yeah if you just look at it's like no dude you you made the fucking stupids yeah <laughs> what well, you want <laughs> all those 90s movies are Awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop Three might be the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So Beverly Hills Cop Three, Axel. Uh, you know, he has to go to Beverly Hills to avenge Inspector Todd's death and uh, catch Ellis DeWald. Uh, yeah, he basically uncovers this uh, counterfeiting operation. Uh, that has been spearheaded by the uh, head of security for a, a theme park. Yeah, called Wonder World. Right, uh, Wonder World, which is shot at uh, uh, Great America. Is the name of that place? Yeah, it's in like Santa Clara, um, Santa Clarita. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like not that far from uh, Santa Clara. Um, yeah, it, it was owned by Paramount, which oh, is okay. why it was, they used it. Yeah, that's not a theme park I've ever been to. Like, no. it's not that far from us. But uh, yeah, uh, they did also shoot a little bit at Knott's Berry Farm, and then of course Universal Studios yeah. as well. Right. But uh, yeah, that, that's the that's the primary theme park that this is. Yeah, take place in. Yeah. So so for this movie, the the villains front. Uh, or his cover is that he uh, he's the head of security for a, a theme park. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so Axel has to go 
to the theme park and <laughs> track down the... Uh, it's a lot of excuses for Axel to just run around the theme park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Like, including that scene where he uh, saves those two kids from, yeah. <laughs> from the fucking, like, uh, Tilt-A-Whirl or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he has to like find the like the the printing room where the the counterfeit bills are printed. Yeah, um, but uh, we didn't mention that this is. Did, did we mention this? This is written by Stephen E. D'Souza. We didn't. No, uh-huh. we we talked about it off mic. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Stephen E. D'Souza, the diehard yeah. screenwriter, yeah. and uh, I think there was a. I read that there was a version of the script. Where it was more of a a diehard and a theme park movie, where maybe more of the movie took place at a theme at the theme park. Yeah, which I feel like that might have been the movie that Eddie Murphy wanted to make, based uh-huh. on him wanting to be considered more of like an action star, more of a and Wesley like, Snipes. Yeah, and like the scene where he saves those two kids is like a scene out of one of those movies. Yeah, because he's not like cracking jokes or whatever yeah. while he's doing it. It's pretty straight forward uh-huh. action scene or whatever of him yeah. climbing that ride right. with some of the worst CGI <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think there was a version of the script where it was supposed to take place more at the theme park. Maybe like even the whole movie like him, okay. you know, sneaking around and taking out henchmen and stuff like that. Uh, do you remember that guy that we were looking at the IMDb for this movie yesterday? Uh-huh. Uh, that guy that with like the really long white hair and the sunglasses that we found on IMDb for this? Uh, yes. <laughs> this uh, guy. I'm yeah. showing Andrew now, but uh, check out David <laughs> Perry on the cast list for this movie. But anyway, I when I was watching this movie last night, because I, yeah. I really dragged my feet on watching this one. <laughs> You realized who he was. Uh, yeah, he's the, like, Jim Jarmusch-looking henchman that gets, like, thrown out of the truck by yeah. Alice DeWald at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. The yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it's funny you mention that, because every, uh, every time I watch this movie, which, you know, is a couple, I've seen it a few times, I yeah. always think because that guy has such a distinct look that he's, like, the main henchman. Mm-hmm. Of this movie, like, I think, oh, yeah, he's going to be the guy. Like, that, one of the diehard guys. Yeah, like, like he's going to be the the guy that Eddie Murphy has to battle before he... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before the final boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, no, that guy gets killed, like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, that guy dies in, like, his only scene. He's like, yeah. I'm shot, man. <laughs> yeah. That guy should have been in more of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he gets tossed out of the truck, and Eddie Murphy runs him over. <laughs> and he looks back, yeah. and the guy's, like, fucking mutilated body. <laughs> and he makes, like, a little yeah. face. Yeah. I mean, as stupid as that is, that is, like, the one moment that I kind of was, like, <laughs> laughing at. Yeah. Genuinely along with the movie, rather right. than at the movie. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So yeah, the, where are we with the plot? Like uh, Axel has to. Um, yeah, uh, he goes to Beverly Hills because the van was like spotted there or something. I don't know. That that's real flimsy. Yeah, the uh, the van. The... Does it say Beverly Hills on it? Because oh no no. Here here's how okay. they he. Uh, the thing that led him to back to Beverly Hills, 
the uh, there was a towel that said Wonder World uh, that was left at the scene. Okay, uh, that was it. Okay, and Wonder World is located in near Beverly Hills, I guess. I, I mean, I, I don't it's know. Supposed to be Beverly Hills. Okay, yeah. I don't know where Wonder World is in the world of this movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's. Uh, <laughs> That seems very sloppy for <laughs> for a ma- criminal mastermind like Ellis yeah. DeWald, our, yeah. our villain here. Um, so Eddie goes to Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. He hooks up with Rosewood, who uh-huh. is now who now has like a new title uh, uh, and has yeah. a new a new bit where yeah. he, uh, he talks about the green lines because he's like looking at a map of, of yeah. L.A. and uh-huh. like. All, how all all these different police departments don't have jurisdiction, but he is the guy that controls jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, basically, yeah. yeah. So he's a gerrymander. Uh-huh. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, so I Rose, Rosewood's like a caricature at this point. Yeah, of a person like he. Yeah, he's he's just there to like kind of be a comic foil, I guess I would describe him. Yeah. Like the scene where they, like, where he calls in all those different law enforcement agencies to uh-huh. look at that truck at Santa Monica, it's, Santa Monica uh, Beach. It's the van, right? Yeah, it's the van. The beginning yeah. of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And so he calls in, like, SWAT, mm-hmm. uh, the beach police, like, yeah. it's just... Like fifty different law enforcement officers to send on this van mm-hmm. because because he controls the jurisdiction he yeah. can get them there and then it just turns out to be an empty van and it's meant to like, yeah you're meant to just like laugh at Judge Reinhold mm-hmm. or whatever so um, yeah I don't know it's not good uh, <laughs> yeah. but but okay so back to my original point he introduces us to Hector Elizondo John Flint yeah. Um, who's just a stand-in for he's, Taggart. He's, he's yeah. a Taggart stand-in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they clearly just for some scenes just uh, deleted Taggart's name and yeah, wrote, yeah, yeah, like these. Okay, these are your lines now. Which is funny because Hector Elizondo, I feel like was even cast because he kind of resembles. John yeah, Hatton. he does. Yeah, yeah, he does kind of look like him. <laughs> it's weird, <laughs> and he's a guy who's in like comedies, you know, at yeah. this time. Uh, he's even, like, like, 95, uh, the very next year, he's, like, the chief of police with, like, heart problems and getting even with dad. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of, like, I mean, obviously, it's not an R-rated movie, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, similar, like, yeah. cop comedy or whatever. Right. Uh, that's the Macaulay Culkin movie. Yeah. Uh, that movie slaps. <laughs> it's good. I feel like Hector Elizondo is mostly known for being in Gary Marshall movies, like, Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride and yeah yeah now he's on like Last Man Standing that Tim Allen uh, sitcom that's okay. like part of the culture war <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah so we meet him uh, he wants to introduce Eddie to head of Park Security Ellis DeWald mm-hmm. says he's a great guy a friend. Yeah. Um, Eddie, uh, Axel doesn't tell him that he knows that's who is the killer. 
Yeah, because he he also doesn't know at this point that. Uh, oh right, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't. He doesn't know. He hasn't seen. Yes, who he knows to be Alice DeWall. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then when he takes him to meet him, that's when Eddie's like, "Wait, that's the fucking guy." Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then there's also the I guess before we wrap it up, I mean, because you you can guess how it ends. It ends the way the other the other two end. <laughs> he just puts it all together and yeah. uh, proves it. And there's a big shootout at the end. And in this case, it's at a it's in. The theme park. Yeah, and there's also that, uh, the Secret Service agent guy, or... Yeah. They, okay, they don't <laughs> actually say what branch of government, because he always just says he works for the federal government, which oh, I thought was I, I thought that he did say he was with the Secret Service. Oh, really? Because that would okay. make sense, because he's investigating counterfeit money. Okay. But I don't know, maybe well, they didn't. I, I just remember a f- noting a few times uh-huh. where he's always like, I'm with the federal government. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, we'll give you a first-class plane ticket, courtesy of the federal government. And he just yeah. always says the federal <laughs> government. And at one point... <laughs> I almost clipped this part. It, Eddie just says, fuck the federal government, <laughs> uh, which I just thought was funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, that guy, Stephen McCaddy. Stephen McCaddy, yeah. yeah. He works a lot. He's in tons yeah. of stuff. Uh, history of violence, right? Uh, yeah. I think that's what I like always think of when I uh, think of that guy. Yeah. Uh, he's in Nightmare Alley. Oh. The so new he's Del working. Toro. Yeah, he's in stuff. Yeah. Um... Fountain. He was in the Fountain. Okay. That's a movie. Uh, yeah, that guy's in tons of stuff. Um, he works a lot. Like, he's got a lot of credits. Yeah. So, I mean, not all of it's super prestigious, but yeah, he's around. Yeah. Uh, that's right. That's Stephen McCaddy. I think I said Christopher McCaddy earlier. Oh, okay. I always get him mixed up with, uh, um,. RoboCop. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Peter Weller? Peter Weller. Yeah, or, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> Sometimes when I say Peter Weller, or when I mean to say Peter Weller, I accidentally say Paul Weller. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I, I always get him mixed up with Peter Weller. Uh, I, I guess he just kind of looks like him to me. But Is um, Christopher McCaddy in National Treasure? Uh, let's see. Because uh, for some reason I thought he was in, like, a lot of Ed Harris movies. Um, oh, like, around that time. Around that time. Uh, no, he's not now. in that. Um, yeah, he's in History of Violence. He's in all those Jesse Stone, <laughs> Tom oh, Selleck yeah. movies uh-huh. made for TV. Uh, oh, 300. I know from that. You would know him. He's the goatee guy. He's like... Oh, yeah. He's That's like, right. Yeah. He's, he's like part of the... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, the I don't even know. the Like the <laughs> Roman version of the yeah. Senate or whatever. Right. Yeah, he's just... He's like a turncoat guy yeah. in that. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, I remember him from that. So. <laughs> um I don't know. He's a guy. Uh, yeah. He's a guy. You know him. You look him up, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in something, because you have, probably. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, Eddie puts it all together. Yeah. Fingers the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he fingers them. Yeah, We're you know. 12. Uh, uh, yeah, and there's a big shootout. Alice DeWalt gets shot. 
Yeah. Um, uh, what's that guy's name? That guy's also in stuff. Yeah. Timothy Carhart. Yes. Uh, yeah, the guy in uh, Ghostbusters, Hunt for Red October, Thelma and Louise. He's another guy. He's yeah. around. I think he's on Yellowstone, that Kevin Costner show. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what I know him mostly from? What? Black Sheep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the... the uh, He's Tim uh, Matheson's, like, consultant. Yeah. Like, his... Uh, yeah. His uh, campaign head or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Of course. Right. Um, uh, um, this movie sucks. It's yeah. Bad. It's a very bad movie. Yeah. Um, I think I think we could probably wrap it up there. I think yeah. it's clear where yeah. this movie goes. But uh, we'll do the box office and, and uh, critics. Uh, this movie did uh, about. Twelve point four uh, opening weekend opened at number two May twenty seventh nineteen ninety four, uh, which is not very good considering it did twenty six million in nineteen eighty seven <laughs> opening weekend. Yeah, um, it grossed a pretty pathetic forty two point six million domestically, um, and then. It still did all right internationally, seventy six point five million. So it did one one nineteen worldwide, which is a pretty big step down from the three hundred million that the other two did. Um, I still think that like if an R rated <laughs> if an R rated comedy came out now and did one hundred nineteen million worldwide, like that'd probably be viewed as a success, yeah. depending on the budget, of course. Like, I, I don't think a movie like that would get a big budget from a studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to fathom that happening yeah. nowadays. Right. Yeah. 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 That's why I was kind of hoping that 3 would not be as terrible as mm-hmm. it was. Because I was, like, was kind of hoping that, like, <laughs> it would be, like... not. I, I didn't expect it to be good. But I was, I was hoping that it would be a little better than I remembered. And, uh... Uh, just sort of be part of a bygone era, but yeah. it, it was just bad. Yeah. Um, it's very much like a what the fuck is going on? It's, with, yeah, <laughs> like one of those movies. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it, it's very clear watching it that there there was no real consensus on yeah. on the direction of the movie, and it was yeah. pretty rudderless. So. Watching it, you're just, like, being pulled in several different directions, and, uh, it's bad. Uh, critically, how do you think it did? Uh, I'm gonna say pretty low, um, obviously. No, you uh, think? <laughs> I'm gonna say very low, and maybe, like, 15%. Okay. What do you think for the meta score? Oh, man, I even know, uh... I mean, that, remember the way Metascore yeah, works. Yeah. I think you, I don't know. Uh, 38 for the okay. Metascore. Okay. Uh, I might have misled you there with that. <laughs> uh, not really intentionally. Uh, 
This had a 9% on nine? Tomatoes. Okay. So it so, was really bad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then it has a meta score of 16. Oh, okay. So this is entering, like, 88 minutes territory for mm-hmm. us as being among our lowest. Yeah. Um, and it's deserving of it. And I would yeah. actually say if I were going to watch one of the two again, it would definitely be 88 minutes. Oh, yeah. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's uh, BHC three. You want to rank them? Um, I mean, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's for pretty you. very easy for me um, because it would just be chronological order for mm-hmm. me. I would go one, two, and three. Okay. I'm I'm debating how <laughs> how hot I want to make my take here. <laughs> I've made my case for two, but I think viewing it a little more soberly. A couple of days, not not literally soberly, but just <laughs> just a, you know, yeah. free from the experience of actually yeah. watching it. Like, because I texted you about it while I was uh-huh. watching it. Um, yeah, viewing it, you know, a couple days ago, I was really, in, I was, I was a little, not really into two, but I was like surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I would still say. It's got to be one, one, two, then three. Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. three is a is a chasm away from even two. Uh, yes, definitely. It's it's in a like if if two is kind of an underwhelming sequel, three mm-hmm. is like an abomination <laughs> on yeah. the franchise. Yeah, and uh. probably the reason why they <laughs> never made a fourth, even though I think Eddie Murphy wanted to. Yeah, uh, I think there is a fourth. Uh, th- I mean, I don't know how, you know, likely I, that is to happen. I but, feel um, like there's been, like, production listings for that for years. Uh-huh. So who knows when. But yeah, it does currently have an active listing. Yeah, the um, Is that the the Bad Boys? The Bad Boys for Life. Uh, bad Boys for Life, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, those two guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Adil L-R-B and mm-hmm. Bilal Fala. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you like Bad Boys for Life? We saw it together, but yeah. we didn't talk about it on mic again. Uh, no. I, <laughs> I definitely did not. Uh, uh, yeah, they're just credited as Adil and Bilal. So I yeah. guess they thought Americans... Wouldn't want to learn how to pronounce their names. <laughs> Bala, which Bala. Is, uh, depressing for us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, no, I didn't like it. Either. No, yeah, I thought it was very bad, actually. It got uh, surprisingly good reviews, though. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Just the, <laughs> I remember <laughs> us having that exact reaction yeah. after we saw it. And we're like, wait, how did that get such good reviews? Yeah, because there were reviews that were like, oh, yeah, it really takes me back to, like, the Bad Boys 2 days. People at the time hated Bad Boys too. <laughs> they did. And they really did. That's I, a movie that only in the last like ten years, maybe since like Hot Fuzz, honestly, uh, uh, two thousand seven, has that movie been like considered uh, like, like kind under, of a reappraisal? Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't have that. No, that, that movie's, movie's terrible. <laughs> it's like three hours long. Bad Boys Two uh, sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any of those movies, it's like, 
obviously inspired by like the 80s action movies mm-hmm. but like done two decades later mm-hmm. is generally like <laughs> tough for me yeah like you have to do the inspiration in a very particular way a movie like the guest mm-hmm. uh does it in a fun way that's very yeah. clearly reverential but also like like not taking itself too seriously but bad boys 2 thinks it's yeah. like a good modern crime movie yeah. and it's like fucking two hours 45 minutes long <laughs> uh well i don't care for bad boys two or three i do i do enjoy one the first bad boys somewhat uh, uh probably in the same way that i enjoy uh beverly yeah. hills cop two uh yeah yeah i mean yeah it's a it's a bruckheimer movie yeah i you know you can michael bay you can I can take it or leave it some of the time, but yeah, yeah, Bad Boys 1's pretty good. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't rewatch it before for life, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's certainly a lot better than 2 and 3. The sequels, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we do, uh, letter grades for Beverly Hills Cop? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I think I got mine. Um, okay. Uh, so for Beverly Hills Cop one, I would probably go A minus. Okay. Because uh, I think it's a pretty solid buddy cop movie. Um, two, I would probably go B minus. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I, I don't know if that maybe seems a little high because it's a very goofy movie. Um, but <laughs> but it's it's got charm. Uh, yeah. And then three, I would probably go like. D, D minus, D or D minus. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little lower on the first one than I think you are, but, uh, I would give it a B. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a classic of his genre and of its time. Um, I think that movies have kind of done that formula better since then, but, they also wouldn't exist without mm-hmm. this movie. So you have to at least acknowledge that. Uh, two, I'm going to give a B minus, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a, it's a different kind of B than, than the first one. <laughs> yeah. The no, first I one you. I think has, has, has a, it's merit like as an actual movie, whereas yeah. the second one's just kind of like a, a fun experience. Yeah. Um, and then, Three, I'm just going to give it an F. I don't fucking <laughs> care. It sucked. It was so bad. And for for a Beverly Hills Cop movie to be as boring as it is, feels like like you have to try. Yeah. Because this is it's just Eddie Murphy in a theme park. How do you make that this boring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Eddie Murphy, like, not at the height of his powers, because that, that would have been, like, mid-80s, but, like... This is established star Eddie Murphy in a theme park, just running around a theme park, basically doing whatever he wants mm-hmm. to do, and yeah. it's so boring and not funny or interesting, and that just feels difficult to achieve. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So that's the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy, and they all came out on DVD in January of two thousand two. Yeah. Um, and is that, is that really our only time that we're going to talk about 
any of those directors. Uh, I didn't really think about Brest that. Brest is 2003 for yeah, Geely. So, so there, there would be no Marty Brest. There's and definitely I, no Landis. Yeah, and I don't don't think there's a Tony Scott movie. Um, That's the only one that I'm not sure about. Because uh, he did not do Bad Company, correct? Do you remember Bad Company with Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock? No, yeah, he didn't that, do that. That seems like it would be a Tony Scott movie, but it is not. No, when did Spy Game come out on DVD? Uh, Probably would have been still in 2001, because didn't that come out? Oh, no, that no, came out late uh, 2001. Yeah, I saw it for my birthday in 2001, so it probably okay. came out on DVD sometime around. I don't know if we'll do a Spy Game episode. We kind of talked Tony Scott a little bit. Yeah. Enough, I would say. Yeah. Uh, we will talk, I don't know, if we do the, if we do those those BMW films, because <laughs> his was also 2002. You know, it looks like they were released like, as an anthology in yeah. 2003. David Fincher <laughs> did the original concept. Those movies were, those things were loaded. Yeah. <laughs> like... They were huge. I remember. Uh, look at the look at this cast list for Beat the Devil, the uh, Tony Scott one starring uh-huh. Clive Owen as Driver. Yeah, uh, you've got Clive Owen as Driver. Uh huh. You've got Gary Oldman as Devil. Wow. Oh. You've got James Brown as Self. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you've got Marilyn Manson as Self. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got Danny Trejo as Bob, and that's, uh, there's like three other people that I don't know, but, uh. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that one. W- which, which one is that? Uh. Who, who directed it? I mean, that's, that's the Tony Scott the one. The Tony Scott one, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> this is the plot. Decades ago, the legendary James Brown sold his soul to the devil for fame and fortune. Now he wishes to renegotiate. Hired to take Mr. Brown to a rendezvous with the devil, the driver soon finds himself entangled in fiendish plans. That mm. sounds in fucking sane. Sounds good. A, sounds good to me. Sounds, it's a nine-minute BMW Films dot com about James Brown making a deal with the devil. What the fuck is this? Two thousand two is insane. Maybe we should do a whole episode. I think we about, have to about I, that. I am too curious about this yeah. to not see that. I'll I'll figure out the release date and we can uh, put it on the calendar. We get all right if it, yeah, or we could just do it with uh, Wind Talkers with John Wu. Yeah, but I don't know. Or, the, I don't know the that that episode could be a long discussion because I mean I guess if we do all of them because I think all of them came out right around that time yeah. period. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious about that. But uh, one of the critic reviews on IMDb is from Boba Fett1138.blogspot.com. So, okay, gotta read that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think we've we've talked a lot about the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. Yeah. Was there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, um, no, I don't. Yeah, we're we're approaching one a.m. film when we're uh, recording this. Yeah, you gotta be at work in like <laughs> seven hours. So. Um, a little, little longer than that. Yeah. Um, w- one quick thing I just thought about that I wanted to bring up 
um, is a, a thing that happens in the Beverly Hills Cop movies that is almost kind of hard to put into words that um, I would compare to something that also happens in the Rush Hour movies. Okay. So James Carter, who's Chris Tucker's character in the yeah. Rush Hour movies, is very similar to Axel Foley, I would say. In the uh, yeah, the, yeah, he, clearly, like that's what <laughs> they were writing. When right, they were writing that character. Yeah. Very similar to Axel, he has to like kind of do characters and con himself into situations and yeah. whatnot. Um, is that the? the um, the other actors in those scenes never respond how a normal person would respond. <laughs> they never igno- <laughs> acknowledge that they're in the presence of like a very bizarre character. That's, <laughs> yeah, like they ne- <laughs> like they never react like right. you think they would, as if someone wasn't doing a very like <laughs> yeah uh, over the top like performance yeah like chris tucker and rush hour is just like talking nonsense but people like the other person's like completely like acting straight yeah like like nothing unusual is happening at all right yeah Yeah. like they're almost a different movie uh that happens a lot in beverly hills cop too i thought uh yeah um i wonder what the reason or thinking behind that is i guess like (laughs) I guess it's meant for us, the audience, to think of it as being, like, uh, convincing, I yeah. guess. It's meant for yeah. us to be like, wow, this is crazy, but it's working, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What the yeah. psychology behind that, that is. But that is a funny... That is a funny... Uh, Thing. Yeah, that's just something I observed that reminded me of the the Rush Hour movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rush Hour movies. Did we get to talk about those at all? When did... Uh, we talked about... Two came out, like, late 2001 on DVD, right? Isn't that what we figured out? Yeah, I think... Uh, so, Rush Hour 2 came out in, like, the summertime. Like, I think July. And then I think it came out on DVD on December 11th. I think we even, yeah, yeah, Googled and talked, and you guessed it right then, too. But, yeah, it's December 11th, exactly. So, that's yeah. cool. You're weird. Same day the score came out on DVD <laughs> with Robert De Niro. Uh, excellent Marlon Brando performance in that as a uh, lizard man. <laughs> uh, uh, well, let's rank the Rush Hour movies then real quick. I mean, it's easy. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be the same as Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, It's going to be one, two, three. Uh, It is interesting how much the Rush Hour movies are like an analog for Beverly Hills Cop. Obviously not with the Jackie Chan element, but like like even in Rush Hour 2, the fucking awful Jeremy Piven scene is like clearly Serge from this. Yeah, definitely. And... Um, and that was in uh, 2001. Yeah. <laughs> that was not in the 80s. No, so they no. don't. They can't use the excuse, oh, it was the 80s. And 17 years after Beverly Hills Cop, yeah. they're like, let's do that again. Yeah. But let's make it even more offensive and even more obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that character, that Jeremy Piven. Ugh. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's rough. hard to even think about yeah, nowadays. Yeah, that's rough. That's a terrible scene. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah. Rush Hour 2, like, I mean, we just talked about that scene, is pretty bad. But, like, mm-hmm. it's pretty watchable. Yeah, I think the first two are pretty watchable. Um, but three is... No. Unwatchable. Very bad. Uh, and I, I wonder... <laughs> I guess it's similar to Beverly Hills Cup 4, because I feel like they've been, like, kind of talking about doing a Rush Hour 4 for years. Huh. And I feel like that just probably will never happen. <laughs> no, I mean... Should never happen. I'm gonna say Brett Ratner won't be involved. Uh, yeah, Ratner has been me too out of Hollywood. Um, well... I don't know if he's totally out of Hollywood, but yeah, he he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Similar to Max Landis. Um, yeah, there's a listing on IMDb for Rush Hour 4. It says in development, so it's just one of those things. Um, there was also the Rush Hour TV show. Did you ever watch that? Uh, no, I almost completely forgot about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I never watched it either. There was also going to be a Beverly Hills Cop TV show. Yeah. There was like a pilot. Oh, yeah, that, and he didn't want to do TV, right? Uh, no, yeah, I think you're thinking um, after uh, the first one there was going to okay. be a TV show. But okay. then, like, more recently, like, uh, Brandon T. Jackson from, oh. like, Tropic Thunder okay. was going to be Axel Foley's son in a TV show. Uh, well, that's, it was CBS, and that was who also do, who did, uh, the Rush Hour show. Yeah, that's right. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I well, can't think anymore. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's our talk on Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, Beverly the, Hills Cop yeah. 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, we talked cop. We talked cop, and we're officially moving into February 2002 now. Yeah, for our next proper episode. Yeah, and uh, next week we'll be talking about Birthday Girl. Yeah. With Nicole Kidman and Ben Chaplin. Uh, I don't know who else. <laughs> I've seen it. Um, you haven't. No, I've never seen it. Um, uh, I haven't seen it since DVD 2002, so. Yeah. Vincent Cassell. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like like Vincent Cassell and Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's fun in the the Oceans movies. Yeah. Even though, like, he's not in, like, the best one. (laughs) He's, uh, yeah, he's mostly in uh, 12. Yeah, but he also shows back up in uh, 13 as well. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's stop talking anymore. All right. Well. We'll see you next week for Birthday Girl. We'll see you next time. Adios. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, was that yours? Yeah. Okay, cool. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right.